The City Council and Successor Agency meeting to order for Thursday, January 16th. Before we proceed, uh, City Attorney has a report on the closed session of the Housing Authority. Thank you, uh, Chair and Commissioners. The Housing Authority met in closed session just now to consider items 8A and 8B on the posted agenda. No reportable action was taken. Thank you. Okay. Um, we'll do the Pledge of Allegiance, and I'd like to call upon uh, Queen McKenna McIntyre to lead us in the pledge. Thank you. Ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Madam Clerk, roll call, please. Councilmember Roche? Here. Councilmember Hansen? Present. Councilmember Mullaney? Present. Mayor Pro Tem Peabody? Present. Mayor Mertens? Present. And approval of the final agenda. Anybody have any changes? Motion to approve? Move to approve. Second. Moved and seconded. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes unanimously with no abstentions. And you'll notice, the people in the audience, that we will be doing a little bit differently in reporting the actions taken by council today in compliance with the new laws that came into effect in January. Um, for these items, the, the minutes and the agenda and consent calendar will be doing, as you in the past you're kind of used to, um, with a comment as to whether there are abstentions or not. All general business items and uh, public hearing. hearing items will be done by roll call vote. Uh, approval of the minutes for December 19th, special study session, and December 19th, regular meeting minutes. Move approval. Second. Moved and seconded. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes. I didn't hear you. You want me to do a No, no, no objection. <laughs> Motion passes without objection and no abstentions. <coughs> okay, proclamations and presentations. Again, we'll call forward, if we can, the Queen McKenna McIntyre and her court for the 2014 National Date Festival and County Fair. Good afternoon, Mayor and City Council members. Uh, my name is McKenna McIntyre, and I'm Queen Scheherazad. I'm currently a senior at La Quinta High School, where I'm ASB Vice President, and I'm involved in the International Baccalaureate Program. Um, outside of school, I'm very involved in my church as well as a charity organization called National Charity League. And in the fall, I plan to attend a four-year private university where I'll major in psychology in hopes of becoming a family and marriage counselor. So now I'd like to introduce you to Princess Denyazad. Good afternoon. My name is Christopher Ramirez. I am Princess Denyazad. I am a senior at Coachella Valley High School where I participate as a senior class president as well as a varsity chair captain. Um, outside of school, I help mentor and teach theatrical workshops to in children in the Rosie's Kids organization. This fall, I plan to attend a four-year university and major in computer science. Now I'd like to introduce to you Princess Jasmine. Hello, my name is Lindsay Klein. I am currently a student at College of the Desert. I graduated from La Quinta High School in 2012. I plan on transferring to California Polytechnic State University next fall and major in apparel manufacturing and production. With this degree, I plan on promoting ethical and sustainable fashion. 
Uh, also, I do work at the View Grill and Bar, so I might look familiar to some of you. I've been there two years. <laughs> so now I'll turn back over to Queen Scheherazade. So this year marks the 68th annual Riverside County Fair National Date Festival, and it'll run from February 14th to the 23rd, and the gates will open every morning at 10 a.m. and close at 10 p.m. And the fair overall has so many things that are um, fun for the whole family, from the delicious food like the funnel cakes and the turkey legs and the corn on the cob to uh, the rides and roller coasters for all ages. It's sure to be a great time. Um, also, the fair has special offers like a monster truck rally and the fun and interesting ostrich and camel races. So um, we hope that you all can be there. And now Princess Denizad would like to tell you a little bit about the entertainment that's going to be offered at the fair this year. For the past 68 years, the Riverside County Fair and National Days Festival has had some of the best entertainment. And this year we have an exciting lineup, including headliners such as Dachi, Los Tucanes de Tijuana, Gary Sinise and the Lieutenant Dan Band, Cool in the Gang, Five for Fighting, and Super Fiesta. During the midweek, fair attendees can also go back in time and enjoy tributes to Waylon Jennings and Buddy Holly. Now Princess Jasmine will tell you a little bit about our promotions. Starting on the opening day of February 14th, Friday, the first five hours are free for everyone to attend to the fair. On Monday, February 17th, we are celebrating Veterans Appreciation Day and President's Day with a parade. Tuesday is Canada Day, so all Canadian residents will receive free entry to the fair with proof of residency. Wednesday is Kids Day, so with each adult, per um, each adult ticket purchase, one child will be able to go to the fair for free. Thursday is O'Reilly Day, so every or with proof of purchase from an O'Reilly store, the person will be able to enter the fair for $5. And then Friday is five Fantasy $5 Fridays, and everyone will be able to go to the fair for $5, courtesy of Fantasy Springs. And I'll turn it back over to Queen Scheherazade to wrap things up. We would just like to thank you all so much for allowing us to be here this afternoon and now extend to you the opportunity to ask any further questions or make any additional comments about the fair that you might have. Well, if I may, Mayor, uh, I would like to know from Princess Jasmine if I'm going to have to refer to you as Princess every time I go to the View Restaurant. Yes, yes. yes. I would prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. That's worth the coming here. Exactly. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, she was right there. Comments from council members? Uh, I just like to say congratulations to all of you um, for the honor that uh, you have, and, and thank you for coming to each of the cities each year. It's uh, it, it, it's wonderful to uh, see our young people. Uh, doing so much and uh, representing the youth of our valley so well. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are awesome. We really appreciate your coming, like Mrs. Roach said. And, and I got to tell you, we could all take a lesson from you in being succinct and to the point in our presentations. <laughs> really great. Thank you very much for coming. Next will be a presentation of the 2014 Indian Wells Arts Festival poster. Julie Dunn. Good afternoon. Mayor, city council members, audience, and staff. My name is Diane Funk, for those who haven't met me previously. Um, thank you very much for your time today. 
I'm here to give you an update on the Indian Wells Arts Festival and to unveil the artwork created especially for 2014. The Indian Wells Arts Festival, where art is happening, is scheduled for April 4, 5, and 6. And I'd like to invite everyone to come and enjoy this wonderful event that has grown so much in prominence, popularity, and reputation. Last year, we boasted 10,000 people at the gate and over $650,000 in reported art sales. So that is very exciting, especially in the economy as it keeps growing. I believe that I have made the city very proud of this event, which brings together many distinctive elements of festival goers to enjoy. There's nothing like the Indian Wells Arts Festival. Not only do we attract 200 juried artists from throughout the country, but we create an incredible synergy, transforming the Indian Wells Tennis Garden into a color-filled garden of delight. Our special exhibits, our artist demonstrations, and our nonprofit partners' participation makes the Indian Wells Arts Festival very unique and promoted with the tagline, where art is a happening. We invite our guests to experience the best with glass blowing, rock carving, pottery, weaving, and other demonstrations, everybody is sure to enjoy the day. Last year, we had an artist, Chris Jahowski, as, may, as Councilwoman Roach will recall, who came with 1,000 dead fish from the salt and sea and painted them green, neon green, and created a, an installation. It was called the Salt and Tide and it, it reflected the juxtaposition of the beautiful vistas of the valley and the dire future of the Salton Sea. So I feel we were also educating and sharing very important information with the people of our valley. This year we have several new additions for 2014, including an installation by Eric Samuelson titled Primal Space, which pays homage to primal spirituality and culture from around the world. Also new will be rock carving demonstration by La Quinta sculptor Meryl Orr. Mr. Orr exhibit will be called When in Rome, and he's going to entice festival goers to give sculpting a try. And he's actually already picked up a huge load of, of alabaster from the U.S. gypsum mine for all to carve. And once again, we will host the Ophelia Project of the Coachella Valley, and they will have exhibit space to showcase their programs and their art projects. Artists have been asked to donate pieces to their silent auction, making this one of Ophelia's most successful fundraising opportunities. So what else is new? Well, this year I'm thrilled to tell you about an exciting collaboration I've invited Karen Riley, who is the founder of the Scrap Gallery, the Art Museum of the Environment, and Bill Shinsky, who is the founder of the nonprofit Coachella Valley Art Alliance. They're going to join us and showcase something very special and what we say is the most cutting edge and innovative art forms. It will be called Objet Trouvé Found Art Festival. Coming into our show makes us now the Festival of Festivals. I'd like to introduce Karen and Bill to tell you a little bit about Objet Trouvé. 
council members. I'm Bill Shinsky. I'm obviously Karen Riley. Objet <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trouvé is, is a celebration of found art, the medium that was found or started in Paris in the early 1900s. Um, Marcel Duchamp, Pablo Picasso, Juan Gris. So we thought, um, since we work in the art field and I work with recycled materials and found materials, this would be a great opportunity to share that form of art. Um, as Diane said, it's very cutting edge. Artists have been using it throughout the 20th century and into the 21st century. And kids in the valley also use it too. So what we're doing is a festival within the festival featuring artists using found materials but we will also feature um, smaller artists that will be doing examples of objet trouvé based on um, the bicycle wheel and stool that Marcel Duchamp did, um, and we're calling it Just Do It. So we'll have all kinds of sculptures by um, kids all over the valley and artists, and we will be featuring those in addition to, which I'll let Bill tell you about, um, something that's very... Um, iconic when you think of France, and we will, be, we will be creating one with recycled and found materials, and it is a? A scaled version of the Eiffel Tower. We're uh, planning on at least 20 feet high, and uh, I'm working with a great woman welder who is doing the base, and uh, we'll have it there. We'll be topping it off at the festival. So. You need to be there to see exactly how it's going to look. And we'll also have um, artists doing demonstrations and workshops for kids that want to come and create some art where they're there. We'll also, um, we have some materials that we'll leave for you about the Objet Trouvé. And also, I forgot one more thing we're doing. Um, we're doing 100 portraits of the Eiffel Tower all by local kids, and I'm doing 120 of them tomorrow. So you will <laughs> see them there, all with um, recycled materials. So we're looking forward to this collaboration, and we're very grateful to um, Diane, the Indian Wells Arts Festival, and the city. So we're very excited about this. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. The festival just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. Great. We have a little bit of everything. I just can't stop thinking of more things to add. Well, we're here today to unveil the poster. Um, last but not least, it's a beautiful painting that captures the essence, once again, of Indian Wells. It was created by Atascadero award-winning artist, Julie Dunn, and she'll be joining us next week. It's titled Indian Wells. And the landscape artwork was created with a tempura batik technique. And Julie says it's a composite of places. It's a view looking at the mountain range visible from Indian Wells Tennis Garden, as well as the rocks, desert vegetation, and the beautiful flowering cactus. So Mayor Mertens, can you join me? Certainly. And Thank you. assist with the unveiling.
so long since we had any questions. Wade, why they're doing this? Did you have something to do with this? The attached arrow connection. It's just a lot of talent comes from Jasper. We'll see. Incarcerated. What's it look like, Ted? For our archives? We have pictures taken of that. Pat is one of our local valley photographers, and she makes sure everything is done correctly before she finishes, right, Pam? Yeah, you have to do it right. In this case, you know, in the double paper, so I want to make sure that I get it right. Well, it looked like our uh, paper person took his own picture, too. <laughs> yes, yes, thank yeah, you. No, that's what we wanted to see. That's oh, that's beautiful. 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 How many people enter your contest, uh, Diane, to have their painting be uh, selected for the official painting? have a contest but we we basically look at the people who were in the show last year ribbon winners and people who have a following and then we take maybe five or six different artists and artwork that they design and we give it to a committee okay thank you
Thank you, Diane, uh, for being here. Okay, you guys. I'm talking you? about you, not to you. So. Well, that's probably true. That's nice. I Is everything good? Yeah, right. <laughs> tell, tell her what we No, I'm not going to say that. Nope. You really were talking about me, huh? No, he was. I wasn't. He was, <laughs> not you. Mary, we're talking See what about, I have to put up we were with? talking about the pictures. Oh. How, how young you were in the one picture. <laughs> <laughs> how things progressed over time. <laughs> I've been here 12 and years. You, and you get to select uh, the picture you want. Diane, thank you for being here. Karen, uh, nice seeing you, and, and thank you for bringing your, um, your project to the city. I don't know how many people have been out to your facility, uh, but seeing what the young people do with recycled products is impressive. It's just in, in, absolutely incredible. And uh, Diane, you just keep making Indian Wells Art Festival bigger and bigger. And what did you? How many years you say nine? This is the twelfth. Twelfth year. You do us well. You do us proud. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming, Diane. We'll move on to item five: public comments. And all persons wishing to address the city council should fill out a blue comment form in advance and hand it to the city clerk. When you're called, you please come forward to the podium, state your name for the record. Speakers are limited generally to three minutes. We encourage you to provide to the council any documentation prior to the meeting, preferably 24 hours in advance. It gives us time to take a look at it and digest what you might have to say. And keep your presentation, your three-minute presentation, to uh, uh, you know, kind of a general out, uh, outline of what it is that you're seeking. And under the Brown Act, the Council should not take action nor discuss matters uh, raised during the public comment section. And um, with that, we'll call Mr. Bob Mitchell. Mayor, um, Council members, um, staff, and audience, uh, Anna's putting up a picture. Um, in just a moment that we'll uh, depict. Uh, there we go. Thank you, Anna. This, um, this appears in the current January or March, uh, uh, January edition of the Tennis Magazine, uh, which is distributed to all uh, U.S. Professional Tennis Association members, uh, of which I'm a member for 25 years, and to all of the other people who uh, decide to be enrolled and uh, receive this uh, tennis magazine. Uh, there is a two-page article regarding the Parabaugh Open of Indian Wells, and in my judgment, it's, it's another outstanding um, contribution to the Parabaugh Open and to the city of Indian Wells, <coughs> and to Ray Moore and all of his staff for making the Parabaugh Open, as is mentioned in this particular article, the fifth Grand Slam of the world. So thank you very much. In that that particular picture depicts the new 8,000 stadium. So thank you, Mayor, and thank you, Council.
Thank you, Bob. Uh, it, Bob, j j could, could you make available to the council, since some of us aren't tennis players like yourself, that article, because we don't get the magazine? Of course. Make, make a copy of it and give I'll it I'll be happy to have Anna do that like for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Um, we get to welcome back to the chambers for the next item, Mr. Bill Powers and Mr. Ray Moore. Welcome. Mr. Mayor and the rest of the honorables, good afternoon, and, and especially the staff. Miss seeing all you folks. Uh, Ray and I are here on behalf of the YMCA and want to let you know a little bit about what they do and how they, what they do for the city of Indian Wells. There's 44 different programs that the Y administers, and each day there's 3,500 children that participate in all these 44 programs. Uh, the city of Indian Wells is blessed because we have Ray doing the BNP Paribas, and they are very supportive of the YMCA. And uh, they have free days out there. They have the kids come out to, uh, to the tennis stadium for free. They have clinics, and they do the rest of that. You want to add anything to that, Ray? No, I mean, one of the kickoff events is our Kids' Day, which will be uh, March the 1st. And the way the Y participates is they uh, transport kids from all over the valley uh, uh, to the site, to Indian Wells Tennis Garden. We provide entertainment, clinics, lessons, food on that day. So that's one of the programs. So we also have a, a yearly program where, through another charity, the NJTL, National Junior Tennis League, we provide the same kind of services. We rely on the YMCA, uh, Bill and I are board members of the YMCA, to uh, help us in, in transporting the kids to, uh, to the site. Uh, we, uh, we provide uh, uh, before uh, uh, school and after school licensed programs, aftercare programs, as you can appreciate, uh, uh, some families, uh, single parents or, or parents where both parents work, and they have to go to work early. And so the Y provides uh, uh, these licensed uh, care programs uh, for Gerald Ford School, which is in Indian Wells. So if the, the parents drop the kids off at 7 o'clock in the morning and they cannot pick them up till 5 or 5.30 or even 6 o'clock, the Y provides those kind of programs to to many schools throughout the desert, but in particular to Gerald Ford and Indian Wells. I don't know if you know it or not, but there's 119 families living in Indian Wells that, that participate in flag football, basketball, and aquatics that are all from Indian Wells that the YMCA supports. So we do a lot with the Clinton Foundation uh, on the health part. We're, we're working with them, and they like what we're doing. Uh, we've learned that it takes all of us working together to provide better health and, and, and direction for our young, young folks. Um, so on behalf of the YMCA, the family YMCA, uh, the board of directors, the staff, and everyone else, we want to thank the city of Indian Wells for, their, for letting us share a little bit about that, about what they do. And as a matter of fact, uh, that's about it, folks, except tonight is our campaign kickoff for our annual fundraiser. So if anybody's interested, it's, you could be a gold, gold uh, 
what do they call that, the gold circle, golden circle member for only 1250 bucks. So tell your friends and uh, send a check. How's that? Well done, Bill. Okay. Thank, Thank you. Bill. Thank, Thank you. Well, Thank you. Bill, also, I uh, take note that, uh, that your, and I say quote, unquote, your Ophelia project got it mentioned earlier. Are you going to be out uh, during the uh, art festival uh, oh, yeah. uh, at that you guys do a great job there, and you were the founder of that project. Yeah, thank you, you should be commended for that as thank, well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bill? Just curious, why didn't you, your group, apply for some grant and aid this year? Are you not? Uh, probably because we forgot, or <laughs> but we won't next year. Okay. <laughs> it's already, you know, we're going to make a note of that one. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks, okay. guys. Appreciate Thank it. You. Okay. Um, Mr. City Manager, do we have any response to prior public comments? No, we do not. Okay. Item 6, consent calendar. The, all matters listed on the consent calendar are considered to be routine and will be enacted by one vote. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless members of the City Council or audience request a, speci a specific item be removed from the consent calendar for separate discussion and action. If you wish to address the City Council, please fill out the blue comment form in advance and hand it to the City Clerk. And again, a three-minute three limit would be customary. Financial matters will be indicated as budgeted or non-budgeted uh, in the agenda. Anybody from council wish to remove an item? Anybody from the public remove an item? Seeing none, is there a motion? Move to approve. Second. Roll call vote, please. Oh, no, that's right. Consent calendar, we weren't going to do that. Consent calendar, the motion uh, is approved unanimously with no abstentions. We didn't vote. Technically, you should call for the vote. Yes, we well, should. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's a motion and a second. Is there the vote, please? All in Aye. favor? Aye. 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 Now it passes unanimously with no <laughs> abstentions. All right. Thank you. I'm trying to get done real quick. Under general business, item A, approve amendment number four to the South of Miles Indemnification Agreement. Mr. City Manager. Mayor and Council, thank you. Uh, this is an item that reviewed earlier by the Housing Authority. This is um, an indemnification agreement. The Tennis Garden Subcommittee and staff are recommending approval of this, which is the fourth extension. That would be to January 31st, 2016. The agreement requires the Tennis Garden to indemnify the city for their use of Housing Authority property, and the agreement does not prevent the ongoing negotiations to further develop the property and create additional revenue opportunities. The committee is continuing to negotiate with the tennis gardens. In fact, we have another meeting uh, actually to tour the tennis gardens uh, toward the end of uh, January. We're recommending approval of this indemnification agreement. Questions, discussion from council? Yes. I just lost a dollar. What? I just lost a dollar. You lost the dollar? Mr. Hanson. Did you think I was going to speak? He Mr. Hanson. I knew you would. <laughs> you knew I would because uh, it's something I, I want to make it clear that I voted uh, against this this morning, and the reason I did is that while I fully support uh, our having an indemnification agreement because uh, of the need to protect the city uh, for this tennis garden's use, of the property, I strongly believe that the city 
should be compensated uh, for the tennis garden's use of that facility. Uh, I fully support the tennis garden's use of the facility. What I don't agree with is that we are, in fact, allowing them to park cars on this property and to use the water well without compensation to the city. I feel that we should be adequately compensated for it. I would like to see that the, the property be appraised to find out what the value of that property is for its use so that we know exactly what the city is continuing to contribute to the benefit of the tennis gardens. Furthermore, I find it kind of strange that, that the agreement comes to the city already executed by the tennis gardens prior to any approval by the city council. And that also gives me some concern. So uh, I fully support the tennis gardens and everything they're doing. I, uh, I want us to work with them. I just think that we as a city should be fairly compensated for that. Thank you. I, I'll direct this to Wade. My, my belief is when you did the tennis garden report that you included this in doing the calculations of our benefits and their benefits. Is that correct? Or That's correct. correct. And as I indicated earlier in the Housing Authority, and I was trying to review the agreements quickly between the meetings, uh, I will provide you actually the references. All of these agreements are tied together. And so while uh, it is true that as you park a car on south of Miles uh, property, you don't receive a piece of that. However, you do receive compensation for that property and for the well in terms of the various benefits you get from the tennis gardens, including the suites and the seats, uh, the, the public booth, the publicity, the, the remaining items that we categorized in that report. Even in that report, we, uh, while we did not appraise the property, we didn't, we didn't undertake that cost, we did uh, keep the property at the value that you paid for it uh, or that, it, that uh, it was, yes, it was it traded hands. So I think it is in the $15 million range that that property is listed, uh, which, which probably isn't that far um, from its value and maybe even higher than what the potential market value was. So I think we, we tried to, to uh, present every cost in that report, and I will follow uh, up after this meeting with uh, another memo to you showing you where in the agreements these agreements are all tied together because I, I uh, must have uh, obviously have left some ambiguity to that in my report. Just lastly, to the signature items, um, ideally we are trying to have the other party sign any agreement before we bring it to you so that you know that that agreement is in final form and they have agreed to it. So it, 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 we didn't try to do anything odd by having them sign it ahead of time. You're, we always have you as the last signer to make sure you really agreed with the totality of the agreement. If I may respond, uh, Mr. City Manager, while it's admirable that you would want to do that, it's presumptive to think that the city would accept any agreement that you negotiated uh, uh, and, and, and before actually bringing it to the City Council. If, if this council has shown that it's not going to, that it's going to approve the contract as written, but in, there could be cases where you would do that 
council not agree with it, you'd have to go back and renegotiate it and get another signature. So, I mean, having that, I, I, uh, I, I know that you're new and to the city and you, you've got to read all those agreements and I, I respect that. Uh, my opinion on that, having read those agreements myself, is that, that they are not tied together as succinctly as you may have described and the city has paid for, uh, and, and, and in fact, I would go on to say that while it was, it was great that the city did it, it was admirable that the city did it, but if not for the city, while the, there is, there, there is a, a possibility that the tennis tournament may have moved from the city, it also, uh, by the city giving them money through a number of different arrangements, uh, allowed them to stay and they were adequately compensated at that time for everything that the city did for them, including the naming rights in which we have an agreement now, $2.5 million for a 10-year contract. So the city has paid very well for its recognition of the benefits that it gets, naming rights and so forth, from, from the tennis gardens. My position on the issue. I understand what you just said. Thank you. I think just one point of, of clarification is not so much clarification as informational. Um, the ad hoc committee for the tennis garden, comprised of Mr. Peabody and myself, uh, had reviewed the, the indemnification agreement and tentatively agreed to it. It's not on behalf of the city, because we can't do it on behalf of the council, but as representatives, tentatively agreed to the format and the form that it took. That's why I think we presented it to them to have it signed so when it came to us, recognizing that if there were any changes, then they'd have to go back and re-sign it. But, so it, it was considered by at least the ad hoc committee. Okay. Um, is there a motion? I'll make a motion to uh, do the extension until 2016. Is there a second. second? Moved and seconded. Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Roche? Yes. Councilmember Hansen? No. Councilmember Mullaney? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Peabody? Yes. Mayor Mertens? Yes. Item passes 4 1 with Mr. Hansen voting no. Item B, and this is the continuation of our strategic planning update and presentations that we're going to be doing. And just before you start, Mr. City Manager, um, I just really would like to remind the public that uh, at some point throughout the council meetings, uh, during this phase of presentation, there will be an opportunity for public input and comment um, after you've made your presentation, staff has made theirs. So, because we're trying to involve and encourage the public to get involved in the strategic planning process at the front end, as we're doing now, so that when we go to meet in February, uh, we have as much and as many of the concerns, uh, both of the staff, the council, and the residents, uh, to consider uh, when we begin that process in February. So, Mr. City Manager. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. That's absolutely true. We, we uh, are trying to make sure this is a, a widely touched and highly transparent project. We're asking for any public comment, and we're maintaining a list of those issues that you'll see in our PowerPoint presentation that have arisen at these meetings or previous council meetings that we've tried to collect on a list. So if you have additional issues that you'd like the council to see or to discuss, 
at the February strategic planning workshop. Um, please uh, let us know of those issues. As you mentioned, this is the continuing process. Uh, we described the process in early October, but in the first meeting, or the, the council meeting on December 16th uh, of last year, we reviewed the mission statement, our environmental scan, that would be who our customers, uh, our resource providers, regulators, and competitors would be, and we talked about the length of time of the plan and really the overall process. Today we bring you additional information and, and the purpose of the series of meetings, really this meeting and next meeting, is to cover the variety of areas that we really deal with, um, that we, we are hands-on with, uh, with our personnel and departments. Uh, we're going to talk about marketing, community services, community development, public works uh, policies and areas uh, in this meeting today. As I recall, the, the last slide that, that uh, just clicked by wasn't on time. This slide, these are your current goals. So we're the overriding goals. Remember, we're in the middle of a two-year process. So these, in fact, are our goals to continue to build trust capacity and customer service culture in the Indy Wells organization. And you can see in the highlighted words, these are the things that meant values to the city council, trust, capacity, customer service, financial, and community. Uh, so as I mentioned, uh, this meeting and next, we will be bringing you additional information about things that you will face in the coming years. Uh, and potential um, policy issues that we would like direction on. Uh, this is the second, as you can see, in, the, in terms of formal meetings that uh, you will see at the next council meeting. We'll present finance and labor issues by Mr. McCarthy. Today, um, uh, Nancy and Warren and Ken will present a variety of pieces of information, and what we're asking is are we hitting all of the issues? Do you need more information for the February meeting? And do you want to add more items to the list that we would be prepared for, that we would investigate and have prepared for you for the uh, February meeting? And at the February meeting, we'll assess uh, our, our opportunities. We'll look to what potential future scenarios, refine our goals, and create new action plans. Um, as you indicated, the issue list is uh, one of our final slides. You can see what things we've already collected and we'll be looking for additional pieces. With that, we're starting with the uh, marketing area. And... Should I go? Okay, Mayor and Council. Um, today we're just going to do a quick rundown of uh, the things that we're going to discuss at the planning session. If you have any questions, please do let me know. Uh, we're just sort of taking a wide sweep of, of my department and um, what, we, what we cover. Uh, the first is grants and aids. Um, we did distribute the funds, and we actually met on Tuesday. We had a great meeting. It's a very hardworking committee still. And um, they had the discussion of the program, the homeless, um, and they have recommendations coming back to council, both for the guidelines, some applications, and some other suggestions. So that's already in process, and, and we'll be ready to, um, to uh, report on that. Um, oops. <coughs> My other slide. Okay, we'll go to communications. I had it backwards, sorry. Um, uh, we also are trying to improve our communications. We continue to uh, improve the newsletter. We changed the calendar uh, for a little bit easier legibility. We also took all of Council's direction and incorporated that, and we've been getting good feedback. 
Um, we are also selling ads, as you've, as you've seen, um, and uh, we are still in beta testing, as, as we had discussed, and we'll be coming back to council with the um, with the conclusion of that program and how council would like to move forward. Um, we also work both internally on both the websites, um, the city's website and the tourism website. We also have community activities, one of our favorites, and uh, we I think we know all of the events that are currently happening. Um, we also are trying to add some cost-neutral events like the Doctors and the Follies. Uh, we also have an upcoming golf tournament. And uh, the big question of, of, the, of the year that we get daily is when will the ticket form go live? Um, and that it will be February 3rd um, with uh, distribution of those tickets starting February 24th. I think that's the one question we probably get asked the most. Um, going on to tourism, which I know is a big a topic at the strategic planning session. Uh, we're doing a lot of work on that currently for the next fiscal year, doing a lot of research, uh, which we'll be working on council, count with council on. Um, I, I just wanted to report on one of the campaigns that we are currently running based on the strategic planning that we did last year with the hotels when we sat down. And this is just one campaign. You remember the unlimited golf. We have, we have a variety of campaigns. But one of the campaigns they wanted to um, really identify and go after, again, was the meeting planner market. Um, and so we did develop a meeting planner brochure. We do, each of the hotels have, have copies of that and can request more. It also lives on our website. We also redid our meeting planner video. I can certainly play it if you would like, although we're redoing it because we did need to change um, the branding on it from IW Club to Indian Wells Golf Resort. And so this version does not have that. But if you'd like me to play it, I certainly can. Um, we also, uh, one of the things that we did was, was our goal was for people to watch the meeting planner video. So we did a sweepstakes on our IndianWells.com tourism marketing, uh, our tourism website, and that ended up getting 22,000 entries to date. Uh, we ended up adding 3,800 emails to our, our uh, tourism database. We have a separate database that we, we send tourism information to. And it also, w the goal of it was to increase the views of the meeting planner video, and we had about 100 in mid-December, and it went up to 900 as of a couple days ago. So one of those goals, uh, I, I feel, is, has been met on that. Um, so we're, we'll be reporting that to the uh, resorts, and they're very, very um, very, very working, they're working with us very well, and I think that comes to the next point, which is our strategic partners. We've been really concentrating on our strategic partnerships. We have a lot of new people. We have a lot of new GMs. We've got a lot of excitement. Um, we're working hard on the upcoming tennis tournament, and um, we've got a lot of people that are really committed to the strong brand of Indian Wells and really coming together, and, and there's a whole new excitement. Um, so if there's no questions, I can... Pass the baton to Warren, or if there's questions. Comments, questions? Well, I, I put a request into Wade, which he hasn't seen yet. It's, it's on his desk. And my, my request is, is that um, we have a marketing meeting. Mary and I haven't been involved in a meeting in, I think, about a year. And I, I think that's too long. And I think before the strategic planning session, we should have a meeting of the marketing committee, in, including the hotels, to be able to have a discussion with the entire council and, and residents that come about what we're doing, what are the other opportunities, 
Um, and in my opinion, during the strategic planning, we should take a good hour, two hours, to discuss that because that really is the next big revenue generating opportunity that we've got in the city. So I did put the formal request into wait today to ask for that prior um, to the strategic planning Absolutely. sessions in February. Absolutely. Any other comments? How long is the uh, video? It's about two minutes. Uh, I would like to have it played. How about okay. the people in the audience? Absolutely. And remember, we are replacing it. Also, Nancy, would you be kind enough to email this presentation to us? Absolutely. It's part of the whole one. We have the PowerPoint. Just send it to us. Email it. Absolutely. Good. Thanks. What do you need me to do? You want me to do it? Esmeralda Resort and Spa, the Mediterranean-inspired Miramonte Resort and Spa, the historic Indian Wells Resort Hotel, and the contemporary Hyatt Regency Indian Wells Resort and Spa. And located center campus is the IW Club, 53,000 square feet of dining and cocktail venues. The IW Club plays perfect host to intimate or large special events, as well as business and corporate functions. Our mix of facilities, amenities, and ambience would be hard to find anywhere. Together, provide a sophisticated 320,000 square feet of customizable meeting space and leading-edge conference facilities just a minute from the Palm Springs International Airport. 1,438 standard, deluxe, and private villa accommodations. Whether planning a large-scale conference or special celebration, our associates at Indian Wells are never on vacation. We take delight in helping you create an event that becomes a true success story. And our amenities are proven crowd pleasers. 36 holes of championship golf to challenge and connect. 53 tennis courts, home to the BNP Paribas Open. 11 stylishly refreshing pools for gatherings and retreats. And three award-winning spas for relaxation and rejuvenation. All in close proximity to countless premier and internationally famed attractions in the greater Palm Springs Desert Resorts area. With over 40 outdoor meeting venues, Indian Wells' coveted Southern California climate makes for one-of-a-kind dining and event experiences. In Indian Wells, it's yours for the asking. Let's get started on your event. Visit us online at IndianWells.com. Indian Wells, Southern California's ultimate conference and special events venue. Well done. Well, and the new one is going to have a it, view. 
grill and bar and yes. the pavilion. It'll re absolutely. So we just got to replace that and get some video of the pavilion and go from there. Uh, if, uh, who, who did that work? Um, Point Seven West. Mm. Oh, they did? Mm -hmm. Ex excellent. And Mary, thank you for uh, suggesting that we see that. It was I nice. think it was important yeah, uh, because not only for those of us here, but so many people do watch uh, the televised program in some one way that they'll get to see it. Right. And maybe they can enter your contest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it ends tomorrow. <laughs> and and, and uh, again, you should make that available once it's finished. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess you will encourage the residents to see that. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. I don't know how you go about doing it, mm -hmm. but let's, let's get it out there the, to, the, to our residents okay. uh, because you're going to be this is going to be playing at other places other than the city of Indian Wells, and we Absolutely. don't want to forget our local residents Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Okay, Mitch. thank you. All right. Good afternoon, Mayor, members mm -hmm. of the City Council. The next departments before you are Community Development, Public Works. Uh, both departments will need to allocate staff time and resources to 12 projects. The projects include Highway 111 Master Plan, Indian Wells Crossing, Miles Lodge Project, Cultural Resource Ordinance Update, slash Mills Act Implementation, Master Plan of the Northeast Section of the City, Food Truck Ordinance, and then the CV Link Project. Public Works Department will be investigating uh, potential regional traffic signal coordination, uh, developing the Building 300 at Club Drive, implementing a tree, a tree and plant replacement program, updating the pavement management program, as well as investigating a potential bridge over um, on Fred Waring Drive over with the Whitewater Wash. Now first, it's Highway 1 Master Plan, 111 Master Plan, I should say. Originally, staff thought that it would be a good idea to take a look at the entire corridor. I know we met with the council, we explained that. Um, after meeting with the council, we were given direction to kind of narrow that down. So we just, uh, the council directed us to focus on three particular areas, and that would be the Highway 111 and Cook intersection, Carl Bray site, and then we got a, a direction to, to develop a thing that based on the existing look of the corridor itself, the palm trees, the landscape, and that sort of thing. So that was very important. I did attach the RFP that we drafted for your review. It's attached to your staff report, and we'll be talking about it at the February strategic plan meeting. So if you have any corrections or questions at that time, I can go ahead and, and introduce it then or add those then. Indian Wells Crossing project, this project is now owned by Excel uh, Trust. They are a company out of San Diego, commercial developer. The project will primarily be the same in scope in terms of size and everything. We are looking forward that the tenants expected at that facility will be some distinctive restaurant and retail tenants. So that's something we're looking forward to, to seeing as part of the project. Some of the, uh, one of the major issues, that, one of the major things that staff will be looking for is to resolve and maintain continuous flow on Highway 111. This project fronts Highway 111 just east of Miles Ave. Whoops. Um, let me complete this. The next steps for the project are to finalize the reassignment agreements or the reassignment agreement and then the repurchase agreement that we're working on right now. We've got to go through an entitlement process to modify certain aspects of the project. We'll do that in the beginning of next year, hopefully with the applicant. And then we need to adjust or modify the DDA for the project itself. 
Excel's goal expressed to me was to start construction January 2015, so hopefully we can all pull together and get that kind of date worked out. The Miles Lost project, developer Denny Ryerson. Uh, staff has met with him a number of times. Every time staff has met with Denny, Denny has said, I want to move forward with the project. I'm committed to the project. So far, as you know, we haven't received any submittal of plan check fees, submittal of a plan check. We're working with Denny right now to get that done as part of the project. You can see it's beautiful. Looking forward to it if we can get it built. Um, and located on Highway 111 as well, this project will be analyzed for traffic flow to maintain uh, 111 traffic. Uh, many of the council members may know that the next milestone for the DA on this project is June 2nd, 2014. So he needs to come in with fees. He needs to pull permits for the building and grading uh, for the at least the foundation of the project. Cultural Resource Ordinance Update Mills Act Implementation. I mentioned, I think, last time or last time I was before you that we do have an ordinance in place. Many people don't know that, but we do have one in place. Um, it allows buildings, structures, sites, and districts to be designated historic. We review the, the ordinance. We do think it needs some changing. Staff does think it needs some changing, so we want to bring it up to date, make some amendments to it, and then also develop a pro process for the Mills Act program itself. <clears throat> so we would like to uh, work on that project too. Next one, master plan of the northeast section of the city. As you can see on the map, there's a number of vacant properties. This is like the, I always think is the last frontier of the city. Many vacant properties there give some great opportunities for uh, revenue, for development, both short and long term. I'm going to turn away and kind of go through these real quick with you. I promise it won't be too long. Just to give you a given explanation of, of the properties for those who don't know. We have, let me get a better pin here. We have this property here owned by the housing authority. It's about uh, four and a half acres, 4.2 acres. That's uh, currently residential. We don't have any idea or any proposals for that at this point in terms of development. The next one to the east is a city-owned property. That's the one that was kind of talked about earlier, and that's currently in lease with the uh, tennis garden for event parking. The one below that is, the, we call it the Lasoy property. Mr. Lasoy has shown some interest in developing the property, but we still haven't met with him on a project or we still haven't received plans on the project, so it's sort of just staying vacant at this point. Moving um, southerly on there, that's the housing authority, and that's the one we definitely talked about earlier about sharing parking, the wells on that site. Um, currently, the northern portion of that site is impacted with a sand, I call it a sand dune, a sand dune. So staff would like to work with, uh, or the next year to get that site leveled out and create an opportunity to create parking revenue source and then maybe it will uh, help the city as well as the tennis garden to park for the next year's event. If we can do it in a year or in the future. Uh, there's a portion of it that is in the white water channel, undevelopable. So while it says 50 acres, technically there's about 27 or so acres on it. Councilman Member uh, Hansen indicated that there is some use on the property on this end. The moving easterly, these two properties, if, for those who have gone out there, are currently sod. They've been planted and those will be used for parking with the new stadium that's being built. And at the far end there on the east is the Hagen property. Uh, both Ken and I have met with representatives from Mr. Hagen. He said he wants to come in this year and 
finish his CUP he submitted a couple of years ago or so for two commercial buildings on that site. But we don't know. We haven't seen him. He said he was going to come in, but we haven't seen him so far. Food truck ordinance. The county um, just adopted a food truck ordinance. The, um, the city, in, um, in thinking about how that would affect the city, the city was um, tasked to take a look at that ordinance, see how we can regulate or we can implement something that may uh, allow us to regulate food trucks that come in the city. Essentially, we looked at the ordinance. There is a way for us as a city to regulate in the public right-of-way. We just have to develop a strategy or ordinance to do that. And on private property, private property owners are allowed to regulate so they can not allow food trucks to uh, operate on their private property. The picture I have up there just shows the areas that I think may be impacted the most, and that's our commercial slash office areas, Village 1 and 2, Indian Wells Plaza, and then, of course, the Indian Wells uh, tennis garden. CB Link. Oh, sorry, one, two more. CB Link is a 52 mile pedestrian bikeway, uh, low speed, <coughs> oh, sorry, low um, electronic vehicle trailway. I may have said this to you before. Currently, there's two links that have been identified in the city. We don't know which one it's going to happen or which ones they're going to ultimately propose once through the Whitewater Channel itself through the golf course. We'll have to figure that out. And then one's along Highway 111. Again, we don't know which direction the city would support, council would support, or staff would support. We did I meet with them, identified some key players in it or key um, areas where they need to, to take a look at when they design these things. It's the golf resort, tennis garden itself, Miles Lodge, Indian Wells Crossing, and then, the, did I say the tennis garden, and then the tennis garden. Okay. Those are all important public or uh, community development projects, and I know you're wanting to hear all that stuff, but now there's the stuff that you want to really sink your teeth into. <laughs> this project is the regional traffic signalization or signal coordination. The project is uh, it's in its very early stages, and it goes from La Quinta to uh, Rancho Mirage. Currently, uh, staff has met uh, with these three cities. Staff has met and discussed the potential for having a coordinated signal corridor along uh, Highway 111 as well as uh, Fred Waring. And uh, La Quinta and Rancho Mirage are further along in their analysis. Uh, Palm Desert and Indian Wells, we're still doing our analysis. We should be getting cost estimates for this um, in the next week or so. Uh, in fact, we have a meeting with the traffic engineer um, next week regarding this project. Um, the, full, the, the, the intent of the purpose of this project is for streamlined flow along uh, the 111 corridor. Uh, moving on to the next project, item number nine is uh, building 45300, the development. Um, this is the 200 building, which is fully leased and houses the city's um, Chamber of Commerce. The smaller building is building 300. In the staff report, there was a table provided that had information on the city's uh, staff's analysis. We've actually enhanced that uh, information since then, so we'll be providing you updated information um, as soon as next week. The next project on this uh, list is a tree and plant replacement. In 2010, staff... Um, there was a tree assessment that was conducted, and 22 date palms were identified to be removed, and they were removed. Um, since then, staff has looked through the corridor, and we uh, have 
what are interested in having another tree analysis completed. But one of the issues that come up is if we do replace the trees, the varying height. So Steph is looking for uh, council input regarding this this varying height. T today you see along Highway 111 a fairly uniform uh, height of date palms and California fan palms. So that's one of the issues that staff is looking for feedback from the council. And the next product of this same project, the plant replacement portion of it, along Highway 111 staff has identified uh, various plants that need to be removed and uh, on the right here this Tipawana tree is something that we're interested in replacing trees that are or other plants that need to be re, um, removed. So this is a staff initiated project that we would like to see move forward. Uh, this one, I'm sorry, I don't have any pictures for this one, but it's the pavement management program last updated in 2006 as you can read. The program is a valuable tool in maintenance and cost estimating for uh, our pavement program and um, the information is also used when we seek funding from uh, RCTC. The final project is uh, Fred Waring Drive Bridge. And before people panic about how much this is going to cost, this is in the pre-infant stages of the project. We are looking into, there are other cities along the Whitewater Wash Corridor that are looking into uh, constructing bridges. And I spoke with a consultant that identified some potential funding to help us fund a bridge like this. So we are in the very beginning stages of this project. Um, over the past 10 years, Fred Waring has been closed twice due to flooding. Uh, construction of the bridge over this wash will provide for stable traffic circulation. Uh, we are looking at Caltrans, CVAG, and FHWA for funding. And this is a long-range planning construction project. I don't want to throw out dates, but I'll throw out a time frame. We're looking 10 years minimum, so it's not going to happen tomorrow. But if we get the project started today, we can have this done fairly soon, 10 years. Uh, this concludes our portion of the report, and I'll turn it back over to the city manager. Question, question Mayor? Are we ready for questions? I just ha have, have one Patrick, question. Mr. Hanson, Patrick asked first. Oh, he, oh yeah. God, senior person there. Relax. <laughs> Age before beauty, it's okay. I'm going to bring this up, uh, and it's probably going to bounce right between the two of you. Uh, and I'm not really looking for an answer today, uh, but when we put together the Highway 111 program uh, and we put together the tree replacement program, uh, there's a problem for communities that are involved in living alongside of Highway 111 relative to who is responsible for the replacement. Okay, I've been over in Sundance for 14 years. I've been basically involved in much of the transactions. There was a period of time where when Tim Wassel was here uh, and uh, we had a good understanding and he basically would replace the trees, all right? There seems to be, if, it, if there was something wrong with the tree, there seems to be an evolving pattern that all of a sudden the demarcation, and I'm going to use lot F, because lot F is a fairly large sized chunk of property that's on 111, uh, that if something goes wrong there, 
they're coming to the homeowners association and they're basically saying it is your responsibility there's a recent one that's floating out there right now and it's on El Dorado and there's a large sinkage in the irrigation system well I have nightmares at night about that system because honestly I don't know when that system was put in. Uh, I think if you zero in on the piece of property now called Sundance, Costco at one point owned that piece of property and then ultimately sold it off. But I'm going to make a statement which I have no factual information to back up. I love making these kind of statements. My feeling is that in many ways the city was the one that put in those irrigation systems. And the city is the one that planted the vegetables, if you would, the, the plants, the trees, etc. And the question I ask is the fairness. In other words, you get 45 homeowners with a limited bank account because it's 45 homeowners. And all of a sudden we have this large piece of property that if anything goes wrong, uh, Sundance HOA, you pick up the bill, all right? There's an inherent danger in that because if our board decided to technically plant cotton on that area, we, we plant cotton. And if the city didn't like it, we could demonstrate an attitude. Say so you don't like it, come on over, take the cotton out, and uh, make yourself a sweater if you want, uh, and replant it, whatever you want. You see what I'm driving at? In other words, and, and our parcel is not alone. And I know Kevin's looking at me and say, man, you sneak this thing in every which way you can. But when we establish a plan on 111, why are we leaving gaps? where a homeowner association like Sundance could dictate what that gap would look like for many, many years to come. Why isn't that part of the plan? Why isn't the city picking up its responsibility for doing landscaping on city property? That property is not the ownership of our HOA. It's city property. And it's a huge dilemma. And what's happening is our outside landscaping is getting thinner. It's getting older. Uh, its trees are questionable. Uh, we have two right now by our entryway that present a danger. And at some point, we're going to have to come over and sit down and talk. And, and believe it or not, I ask for your permission to take down your trees. So something is wacky in there and you're having a planning session don't even discuss it now take it up and basically look at two issues the fairness of it all right and what it does to damage the overall plan that you have for 111 or the plan for replacing trees thank you very much I think, I think to add to that Wade you weren't here and we did a vote in the last election regarding 
certain developments paying for landscaping being taken care of outside their property and it was unanimously turned down for the city to do it but I do think it should be revisited with 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 the question of fairness and whether and Kevin won't like this but with the question of could it be brought into the budget of the city versus charges to the to the developments and I don't know the answer but I do think it should be part of this discussion, Mr. Hansen is looking at me very weird because uh, I, I just think it's very, and I don't happen to live in one of those developments, but I think it's very, very unfair that certain developments are paying a lot of money um, for taking care of property that doesn't even belong to them as far as I know. And I just think it should be revisited. It was voted down in a ballot, but the question is, could the city just pick it all up so there isn't a question of fairness or unfairness? And what if that were true, what would it cost? Now, I know that makes you nervous, Mr. Hanson, but I do think we should look at it. Now, you know why it makes me nervous? I do. Because, I, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's for obvious reasons. I mean, the resident said, no, I don't know how you then can go back and... <laughs> And, and do something that the voters have told you you can't do well, without getting their permission. I'm not sure the voters turned it down because of that. I think the voters who voted to not do it did it because they live in an area like I do where they don't have any costs now. And based upon what the city attorney says, if we approach it as a city issue versus passing the cost off to the residents, which is what we were talking about, if we were to pick it up by the city, right. now that'll have Kevin, you know, starting to lose hair. But I think it's important that we look at it because it is a fairness issue, and it's an issue that at some point we're going to have to address it. And I think it should be very much part of this strategic planning that we look at it and and determine because it was a ballot measure. But that ballot measure, as I say, was strictly asking the people who didn't live in the, these developments to pick up part of the cost, and obviously they voted against that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the city potentially picking up all of the cost or reducing the cost, even reducing the cost to the people. I don't know what the legal ramifications are, but I do think it ought to become part of this strategic planning session. We'll include it in the, in the yeah, issues list. I, I think, obviously, it, it deserves a discussion. And, and, and you have two people here on the city council, Mary and, and Pat, that's affected by those costs, which is, which is why we said, will you, the residents, will the, distribute the cost of the beautification of Highway 111 to every resident in the city? They then came back and said they weren't willing to pick up the cost of that. Right. I don't know how you get around that, but I think it's worth anything like that is worthy of a discussion, and the strategic planning uh, session is the perfect time to do that. However, I, I think we've solved Mr. Mullaney's issue. Uh, if you read staff's report, uh, and he must have missed this because when he talks about alternate corridor theme scenarios, and I find very interesting that the consultant will consider the following concept that have been part of the ongoing discussions, and that is to make Highway 111 a wild animal park. Now, I don't know whether you put that in to see whether or not we're reading it, <laughs> but I can't imagine that we're going to make Highway 111 a wild animal park. <laughs> well, how, did, how, okay. how did I get tied into that?
Well, you're not going to have to worry about your green grass because we're going to make it a wild animal park. Well, the truth of the fact that is the vote that was taken by the residents is like putting on the ballot, what's the best time of the day to beat up your mother? Because there is no way in God's name that anybody who doesn't live on the highway, doesn't live having to take protection of those areas and care for those areas, uh, is ever going to vote. Uh, uh, Desert Horizons had a vote like that, uh, you know, on, on a different issue, and, and it just overwhelmingly got, got killed because it affected Desert Horizons people. So guess what? Everybody lined up against Desert Horizons. The question I'm looking at, you take a look at the palm trees, and you take them from Cook to up here. There are a lot of sick-looking palm trees you know, that are ready to come down, and I'm an expert in that area as to uh, the timing and the fall direction and all that sort of stuff. But uh, it's a serious question, and honestly, it will never be solved by a vote. It will be solved when the city steps up to its responsibility. That's my point of view. You brag about the great entryway and everything like that. Well, let's, as a city, take care of it. I think now, if this is, we'll add it to the list. This is going to become a discussion, and it probably uh, rightfully should be for the strategic planning session. Um, prior to that, we ought to have some indication from the city attorney yeah. as to what ramifications, if any, the uh, the ballot measure had on our ability to. Yeah. We'll get some information. Good, uh, Mr. Mayor. And if we're going to, if you're going to research that, then last year we we. Uh, did take steps to do the water uh, watering along the sidewalks because we were having uh, some accidents. At any rate, I know in my case, um, instead of uh, a certain amount, we're all being assessed in my community in Desert Horizons like $2,500 this year to pay for that, for the watering, uh, to replace that. And again, that... Uh, is our corridor, and, and uh, we are being assessed. And in fact, I passed on an email to you on why our LLMD charges went up incrementally, and that's why. So you need to look at all of the things that have to do with the landscaping. And the only other suggestion I would make is, since Mr. Hansen has referred to your draft proposal, um, the conceptual design um, on bullet point three, I would change the lush landscaping. Uh, we moved away from lush. That used to be in our, in our um, general plan, but we've tried to move away from that as we uh, are finding that water is, a, is much more of a problem in our valley than it used to be. Um, use a different term, please. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I do have one one public comment. We'll get to that in just a moment. I think. Uh, do you have a, a question? Oh, you did. Um, Warren, Ken, are you are your presentation complete now? Yes, sir. So we'll bring us back to the council. If there's no other questions or comments, we'll wield it to the public comment in just a moment. Um, but in the meantime, or prior to that, I honestly think that, and I appreciate your presentation. It was, it was very well done. I think there are a couple of issues that we can 
resolve now um, without having to put them on the strategic planning agenda. And the reason I say that is our agenda for strategic planning continues to grow. And as that grows, the, the time we've uh, allocated and allotted for that, we're just not going to be able to do justice to some of these things. So I, uh, Mr. Peabody, I think, had a comment or a suggestion. Yeah, I think the, the food truck issue is an easy issue to, to put to bed. I, I had been in that business. I was very disappointed that the county of Riverside decided to do this because I don't think they took, took into consideration the potential ramifications of what food trucks can and can't do. And in the city of L.A. and the city of San Francisco, they put a moratorium on, on certain laws that they had or regulations that they had that prevented these trucks from getting close to any food establishment. And what's happened in L.A. and San Francisco is that they have done devastating damage to the restaurant industry and the food service industry in both places by allowing the trucks to park wherever they want to park. And let me assure you, you don't want to see these trucks parked on El Paseo. You don't want to see them parked in downtown Palm Springs, and you don't want to see them parked wherever they can get away with it in Indian Wells. So my recommendation, and I, and I will put it as a motion, is that we expand the existing regulation and say that no food truck can operate within 150 feet of any food service operation, which would include grocery stores and Starbucks and all of that, which is the regulation that they have in L.A. They've just put a moratorium on it. And the other thing, part of that would be is that we, they have to be within 150 feet of, of toilet facilities. And that is, uh, that's critical because that's required by all restaurants in the state. And the last thing I would do is if, if they come for a conditional use permit for private property, that they pay a fee of $100 a day to be able to park at that facility if the conditional use permit is allowed. So that would be my motion at this point. Did Mr. Attorney? Is that something that we need to put on a, a further agenda as opposed to today? Yes, it is. Uh, thank you, Mayor and Council Members. Uh, it's not ripe for action today. No. Perhaps I can help you frame a, a motion, though, to accomplish what okay. I think you're after. Uh, this may be the subject of public discussion, even maybe a public hearing, depending upon what section of the municipal code we tinker with. If it's, for example, the zoning ordinance, we'd have to have it go through the planning commission first. I'm not certain that it would be placed in the zoning code, but that's an example. So in other words, the best you could do today would be to give staff direction to bring back for consideration an ordinance regulating food trucks in the city of Indian Wells okay. and to allow the city attorney to work through procedurally what might be required. It might have to go to the planning commission first. I'm not sure at this point. Okay. And to add to that and to remove it from the strategic planning yes. process. Exactly. So that we don't have to deal with it in the strategic plan. Go ahead and take care of it right. as right. suggested by Mr. Peabody. Done. So that's done, and it would include then the, the provisions that Mr. Peabody mentioned, along with the, I would like to see it include the 150 feet within a public restroom. Mm -hmm. Right. I can, I can speak to that issue a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's speak to it when we bring it back. Okay. What, what I would like to see 
to further expand Mr. Peabody's suggestion, is as a city we ban them. Period. Let us let us bring. I think it's appropriate to direct it to us. We'll bring back the staff report. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thank you. And so that takes care of that. And, and likewise, I think that as a council, we could, without taking a motion, we can direct. There's a couple of other issues that came up that I think we could direct staff to just proceed with and take it off of the strategic planning. And that would be to proceed with the the ordinance uh, for the Mills Act program that, that mm -hmm. you need to refine that. I don't see why you can't just go ahead and do that. We take it off the strategic planning. Um, the pavement management program, um, I, I, I see no reason to discuss that at strategic planning. Go ahead and complete that, that management program so that we'll have it available to us. And the same thing with the bridge. Now, the bridge issue is a little bit different in that it does take some staff time, but I think if we just go ahead and authorize staff to continue as they're doing to move that forward, that again would take it off of the strategic planning, and because we're looking at a, at a you know a, a multi-year process there. So if if there's no objection from the council, I would agree with those. But I'm also wondering about the the two um, issues that have come from us for, from CVAG. If we shouldn't deal with them at our regular meetings, the CVAG link and the um, like we're doing with the plastic bags today. To me, that's not our strategic plan. That really should be something that we discuss outside of what we're doing internally in the city. I'm sorry, what were the two items you said? Um, well, we're going ahead with uh, the CV link, but we're doing the plastic bags. Right, uh, right, we're those doing should that be, today. Uh -huh. it, that, that certainly would work because the CV link isn't ripe for a discussion it won't be for February anyway. Yeah. It's going to be a while in our future before it's good for a discussion. So bringing it back to a regular council meeting instead of to strategic planning would be uh, an okay thing and would, would save you some time. But, but to, to Mr. Merton's uh, question, I thought that we had given direction to staff uh, to go forward with the creation of the Miles Act. Uh, Mills Act, I'm sorry with the Mills Act some time ago. Uh, My recollection was that we discussed the need to proceed with that and that the, the, the staff has said that... It, it, that's fine. I mean, we can just... Let's just bring it back. Already yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I have two now public comments. So, uh, Mr. Mitchell, Bob Mitchell. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Uh, Bob Mitchell, 7412 Village Center Drive, Indian Wells. Uh, staff and uh, guests and uh, council members. Listen, uh, Mayor, would you mind uh, just a, a quick comment to me as to what kind of input you want from us? Can we be uh, uh, a little uh, very specific about some of the things, for example, that Nancy Samuelson brought up? Uh, Absolutely. Or what? Well, that's, that's, Mr. Mitchell, that's what we're looking for. What that's we would like the, com the community to come forward with is after hearing the presentations and so forth, that you could come back at the next meeting when we do strategic planning, or you could submit your comments or whatever to the city manager. Um, but we want comments from the community. Mm -hmm. And as specific as you can be, the, the better it is for us because then they would be integrated into the strategic planning process. Well, I have two then. Can I, is, it, is it appropriate to do it? The forum is correct to do it today? Actually, yes. actually it would be no, better. Uh, it would be better if you submitted them. Oh, um, okay. I believe it. Mr. Anyway. I think it would be better if you submitted them in writing because then we would be all able to look at them and, and uh, under, try to hopefully understand what it is that you're, you're trying to get at with them. Okay, so 
Answer me a little bit further, Mayor, sorry. Um, you say that the council recommends public input. Now that's through submitting uh, a request for public input after you've reviewed what I want to talk about. Is that what you're saying? Rather than I, I submitted a blue form to talk about an issue today. You, you're certainly free to talk about it. I think it would be more beneficial to us if you put in writing what your comments are with respect no. because it would become part of the strategic plan. If you'd like to, to make a comment right now, absolutely. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'd be happy to submit it in writing so that you have a chance to review it. Thank you. No, thank you. Also, Bob, you can you can come to the strategic right. planning sessions in February. Every every resident, Andy, comes every year. Everybody should come if they want to come. Well, have a lot of them, um, Ty, been, been emailed to you, their comments, the public comments, or are they writing them, or are they... Uh, are they appearing not before the council because this, I haven't heard any? We just started this process. This is the first time that the public has had an opportunity okay. to come up and, and make any kind of comment and to get involved. And, and I don't mean to put off your comment, but I think really it would be better if you have some specific things to put them in writing so that they can become a part of our strategic planning process. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think we could just leave it at that. All right, very good. Thank you. Thank Only you. a minute Thank 49, Mary. And we, look forward to, and we look forward to your comments, Bob. And, and when we said that they emailed, this is the first time that we've really encouraged the public to get involved in advance of the strategic planning session. In the past, the public has come to the strategic planning session itself and had input, had the opportunity to input mm -hmm. under public comments there. Mm -hmm. But this, we're trying to get it in advance so it becomes a part of the process. Well, you have another blue form from a number member of our That's community right. who speaks quite often. Correct. And I, uh, I don't know if he has submitted his work before or what, what he plans on saying, but perhaps what we've discussed here will help him. Certainly has helped me, and I'll be happy to submit. I submit the letter to the council, uh, to the mayor, uh, go through the Nancy Samuelson, for example. Okay, I will do that. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Elchek. Andy Elchuk, Indian Wealth. Mayor, Mayor Pro Tam, Council Members. As I look at your chart and, uh, I'm sorry, of your strategic plan items, and I did uh, read the staff report, something seems missing, and I don't know, maybe it doesn't belong here, but I thought I would ask you. Uh, many of you, certainly the mayor, has made it very clear in his prior to being uh, the mayor and before running for council, that the city should take a good hard look at our charter, you know, review it, talk about it, discuss it. Uh, I can't think of a better time to do it than at a strategic planning session. And I notice it's not on there. And I think what might, you might want to consider as a council and the staff to maybe at least have a conversation about it. In the past, when we didn't like something, we didn't talk about it. That's different today. Mr. Hansen voted no on an issue. That's refreshing for some of us that everybody's not lockstep. Because if you're all going to vote the same way, we only need one of you. The rest of you ought to go home. <laughs> so I think that maybe if you thought about adding that, I don't know that anything's going to come out of it, but I think a nice, healthy discussion about that issue could be very revealing. I appreciate you bringing that up. Thank you. It's, it's something that I'd like to see on the agenda as well. Uh, but yet, Andy, you've you got to be careful because you're making an assumption. We might really like 
the charter the way it is. That's okay. You should just talk. But thank you. I'm only trying to jab you. <laughs> okay. I, there's no other public comments um, on this matter. So the recommended action was to um, receive and file the updates. So do that and provide the direction to staff. So there's no other modifications. I think you've got. Thank, thank you very much. And, and um, you know, as we've stated before, um, please feel free to pass along issues. Uh, council members, we know your constituents, uh, like Mr. Mitchell, talk to you often. And if you have an issue you want us to add to the issues list, we'll bring those back to every meeting, um, every council meeting with our presentation till we get to the uh, strategic planning session. I appreciate it. And I want to thank Nancy and Ken and Warren for their presentations as well. Um, do we need a motion to receive and file? No. no. For receive and file, I don't think so. No. Okay. Item 7C, approve the city's 2014 legislative priorities. Mayor, I lost one. Mayor and Council, uh, this, is, um, this is a first of this type of policy in recent years. Uh, many cities have this sort of legislative priority. And what, what I'm uh, asking you to do is to begin defining uh, what the city stands for, what sort of state and federal priorities uh, are uh, of interest to Indian Wells. So one, uh, we can start letting people know what it is we stand for, and we have our own lobbyists and our own representative through the League of California Cities. But secondly, so that when legislation or activities occur in Sacramento that we could move swiftly opposing them or supporting those actions that would be consistent with the identified positions or values of the City Council. So we've tried to cover uh, the various areas that the City Council has discussed. We've reviewed your, your minutes and concerns and developed this uh, beginning list, if you will, of legislative priorities. We would expect that uh, throughout the years you would review, amend, modify, uh, you know, expand this list uh, so that we perfected our legislative uh, process. But it is one of the goals that I brought forward to you back in October uh, to step up perhaps our involvement and be able to be responsive, especially when the League of California Cities uh, contacts us. As you know, um, uh, Councilmember Hansen has been very active in the League, and this would be a great tool, especially for his policy committee representation, to know where the city stands on these issues. And I would, before the other comments were made, I'll just simply say that I would find it very useful, I think, as, as the mayor, as, as previous mayors probably would have, to know basically that the council supports or opposes positions because oftentimes the legislature in its wisdom gives you about 24 hours to respond to some of the things that they're trying to do. And if we had a, a basis upon which we could act, um, I, that would be very helpful. So I, I was really impressed with the list. I mean, you've done a lot of work here, and, and I know a lot of it compiles stuff that we've done and said in the past. Um, but I'm, I'm anxious to see if we can move forward with this. So, other comments from Mary? Uh, I'm very impressed with the comprehensive uh, manner in which you put this together, and uh, it's certainly going to be something to work with because in the past we've just kind of uh, hope that either through the League of Cities or through our through our lobbyists that we would uh, be able to speak on issues that were important for us, but most often without official positions. So I think this is I think you've done a tremendous job, and thank you for your effort. 
anybody, anything for you? No, I'm just trying to figure out where I look at the environment, and, and it, 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 it isn't point-specific, I guess is what I would say. And I look at the Sultan Sea, and I look at all the reports we're hearing, and I look at the potential disaster that we're faced with after 2017, and I cannot understand why Indian Wells and every other city isn't just screaming bloody murder about it because by the time somebody does something, it's going to be too late. We're only three years away from their estimated dates, and I just wonder if that should be something that should be a big priority for this city as well as the rest of the cities because it will destroy the, the agricultural industry. It will do damage to the environment much more severe than building a bullet train to nowhere. And I, I just think that we as a city and the other cities here better get on the bandwagon real fast and get our lobbyists and stuff to really to wake them up because it's going to be too, it's almost too late now. Well, if that's a, an issue supported by the council, I would recommend that we add it both to the federal list and to the state environmental list. That uh, would be, I, I would expect a statement like um, that we would support um, action to um, to deal with the salt and sea issues. I, I'd go so far as to say support and encourage. Support action. and encourage actions. Mm -hmm. Mr. Hanson? Well, I, I wanted to reinforce what Mr. Peabody had to say and, and now your comments too. And I have been somewhat involved in the periphery of the discussions uh, at Salton Sea uh, attending various meetings and uh, I totally agree with you. And I, I, I cannot stress the importance uh, about doing something uh, with the Salton Sea. It was a, a great uh, opinion piece in the Desert Sun this week and it was so simplistic. I don't know how we get the attention of the people collectively, everyone, but, but clearly everyone is saying that if we don't do something, we will not be able to live here in, in, in 10 years or 15 years as the Salton Sea dries up. Just, you haven't experienced yet, Mr. McKinney, the smell from the Salton Sea uh, in the summer. Uh, as we experienced last summer, it uh, it was horrific. And uh, but you probably are familiar with the Owens Valley, and what it take, has taken place up there. Uh, that is minute in what is going to happen here in the Coachella Valley. Okay. Um, bringing that up, and and I agree a hundred percent. But this um, this priority that you have set up only deals with state and federal, and maybe we need to do county and CVAG as well. Because, I mean, this, this should be an issue that we take to CVAG to say, oh, to me this is more important than CV Link or the plastic bags, thank you. So why isn't this something CVAG is really working on uh, to bring us all together and to take a position? Uh, and you look at the staff time that they're spending on these other things, where that is, is tremendously important and, and very possibly the same with uh, Riverside County. So, In as much as these would be your legislative priorities, I think you could certainly could take those to CVAG and county and say these are items that we support and we want to encourage. But, but we need a process where we as a council say to CVAG, uh, like Palm Desert did with the plastic bags, they brought it forward. 
and that's why it's going through the process is they want it for their city and they're trying to make all, everyone else be part of it. Well, why shouldn't we be doing that with the, uh, if we can be the initiator, then I think we should be the initiator there. I, if, the, if the council uh, agrees and supports that, I think that we could add that in. And as Mr. McKinney indicated, uh, because it's a position of support that we would take both state and federally, um, we could also take that to CVAG and encourage their action as well at our level, the local level, um, to follow through with because it's going to take state and federal. Right. Um, well, I, I would think as a first step, following up, assuming that everyone agreed, um, once we, with our priorities in hand, we could craft a letter for all of your signature to CVAG in general and then for the uh, environmental committee in particular, craft one from that representative. Is there a motion to? Can we do a do you motion need on one? that? Day? You can just give me yeah, direction, to, and I'll produce. You can, yeah, you have direction on that. But the, the motion we need is to approve. the Once list. you have approved this legislative priority, then I have a direction on those as a okay. that as a priority. Yes. So I was looking for the motion. I will on. make a motion to approve the uh, city's legislative priorities. I'll second. It's moved and seconded. Without further discussion, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Roll call. Oh, yes. Roll call. Roll call. Thank you. Yes. Get used to that yet. Uh, Councilmember Roche? Yes. Councilmember Hansen? Yes. Councilmember Mullaney? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Peabody? Yes. Mayor Mertens? Yes. <clears throat> Motion passes 5 0 with no abstentions. All right. I think that's a, that's a tremendous effort, and I really appreciate that. And I, I don't know that it's been, maybe it's been done here in the past, but in the number of years that I've been involved, watching the city and the city councils where I've never seen this legislative priority put forward like this. So mm -hmm. thank you very much. Oh, um, item 7D, discussion and direction regarding CVAG's draft single-use plastic bag ordinance. Honorable Mayor, members of the city council, the item before you this afternoon is consideration to provide direction to the mayor as the city's representative to CVAG's executive committee regarding the single-use plastic bag draft model ordinance. As described in the staff report, CVAG has considered adoption, is considering adoption of a model ordinance resulting in the use of plastic bags. I happen to have an example of one here. This is the plastic bags that we are talking about. You see them against uh, chain link fences. Um, so why are they doing this? To reduce pollution? There are many bags used and only a percentage are being recycled. I think they had percentages in the draft ordinance and uh, numbers of bags used. So how are they planning on doing this? By prohibiting the use of the single-use plastic bags, through the ordinance, require retailers to provide paper bags as an alternative for shoppers who don't ha have a bag to take their merchandise away from the store at a cost of 10 cents per bag. The 10 cents fee is the 10 cent fee is uh, for retailers to recoup the cost of the pla uh, paper bags themselves. Uh, the other two options is um, a ways they want to implement it is through uh, education, which I want to point out is an unfunded option. So that is something that the city would have to consider as well, and encourage the use of reusable cloth paper bags, as I've mocked up an example here. Um, so who does this affect? CVAG's goal is to implement this uh, model ordinance throughout the Coachella Valley, participated by all municipalities. Generally, the ordinance affects retail stores, city facilities such as the I IW Golf, uh, Indian Wells Golf Resort, city-sponsored events, 
city permitted events such as the car show, uh, city managed concessions unless otherwise provided. So the ordinance that is being offered is a draft ordinance that we can change to suit our needs as the city of Indian Wells. Who is not affected? Food providers such as restaurants, if you have um, uh, food that you want to take home after you've uh, had your meal. Stores participating in the California Special Supplemental Food Program, they're not affected. And uh, those are the two that I got from the ordinance. When, th when will this go into effect? Again, it's a draft model ordinance, so it's not, it hasn't been adopted by CVAG. They're still considering it, and they will be considering it at their uh, executive meeting, I believe, on uh, January 27th. So if the city chooses to adopt the ordinance, or our version of the ordinance, it will go into effect for large stores, as described in the ordinance, six months after adoption and for smaller stores, again, as described in the ordinance, 12 months after adoption. Uh, there's also a component of enforcement. There's sample language provided, but again, at, at least the subcommittee level, we discussed the city's ability to implement our own enforcement. Um, staff recommends that the city provide direction to the mayor regarding the city's position on this ordinance. And she was here. Uh, Kate, okay, Katie Burroughs with uh, CVAG was in attendance, but apparently she had to leave. Uh, that ends my report, and I'm available to answer any questions. Okay, so we'll entertain questions from council, and then we'll get to the public comments. So, Mr. Mullaney. I'd like to uh, swim against the tide. Uh, I've been to a number of the CVAG meetings. It was brought up in energy and... Uh, this thing has been floating around, and quite honestly, we got to come back to reality. Uh, plastic is here, and plastic is only always going to be here. Uh, let me share a little bit of my life, all right? First thing I do in the morning, reach over to my plastic-engaged radio and turn it on. When I hear a little music, I get up. I go to the sink, I pick up my plastic toothbrush, I pick up my plastic coated tooth provider, the toothpaste, <laughs> and it goes on and on and on and on. I got a plastic bottle here. He's got a plastic he's drinking out of. You know, this is nothing more than a sexy, you know, prohibition of something and government sticking its nose into telling people how to run their business. Now, everyone will say it's shocking to see all these plastic bags uh, attached to uh, a fence, or it's shocking to see them fly off the back of Burtek buses. Well, in my mind, somebody's got a deal going here, and why they're picking on the plastic bag is beyond me. Now, if I go to uh, Ralph's in the summertime and I buy a real cold bottle of milk and I say to the guy, bag it, you think I'll get home before the wet, sweaty milk will eat right through the bag? You think if I go to Costco and pick up steak and normally the steak is wrapped in plastic, you take another plastic bag, you put it over it, and then ultimately you go out the door. But if you weren't allowed to have those kinds of carriers, so to speak, uh, where would we be a huge step back from where we are? 
I, I personally think, even though this is a green initiative, and that's what I think made it so sexy, they figure there's something that we can handle. It's a stupid initiative. It'll never be re enforced. Are we going to have bad police? Might be a good retirement job, you know. And the other thing that they've brought up recently, you talk about people carrying bags into grocery stores that it's their own personalized bag. Well, oftentimes those bags will be around for six months, eight months, and it's like a walking germ bomb coming into the store. So I personally am dead set against this. Government should mind its own business. Government should leave people to run the business the way they run it. And we should not turn our backs on where we've come as a country. We're a country well known for its cleanliness, well known for keeping places in good shape, keeping food preserved. Why get, get away from it? Just to clean up the fences in Palm Desert? Forget it. Thank you, Patrick. Now, I'd like to ask my fellow council members, if you have questions of staff, this would be the time to ask the questions, and we'll put forward personal things after we do the public comments. So, but thank you, Patrick, for that. So is there any question? Is there any question of Ken? No. All right. Uh, Gail McQuarrie. That's, that, that, that is a good process to use, but we should be consistent. Well, we're going to start. We're going to try. Well, you should, you should enforce that. I mean, there is a question period, and then there's a comment period. That's what we're doing. Comment period comes within the discussion period after the second of the motion. We're working on it. Okay. <laughs> I will see to it from now on that you comply. Thank you. Ms. McQuarrie. Thank you. Gail McQuarrie, uh, Indian Wells, Casa Dorado, my neighbor. Um, you stole my thunder, Patrick. <laughs> Honest to God. I was sitting here thinking, am I the only one that's going to be coming up here and speaking against this ordinance? You know, I mean, my heavens, I'm so happy I'm not. Um, if you can remember a long time ago, wasn't there a thing called Save the Trees? And so we decided, or we've got to have plastic bags. Okay, Save the Trees, no more, no more paper bags. And now people say, well, do you want paper bag? No, I want the plastic. They're easy to carry. They're, they're comfortable. They're wonderful. Uh, you did bring up something, Patrick, I was going to talk about um, with these canvas bags that everybody, I'd have to have 50 bags if I walked into the grocery store. You know, you, well, you know, everybody buys a lot of stuff. I just don't do it every day. I do it once a week. But those canvas bags have been proven. There's articles in the newspaper, and you can dig them all up. They do. They carry germs. They carry viruses. After a while, the food gets in there. It'll leak. Nobody knows it's leaked. Things get all in there, and people don't take care of them. They don't wash them out. They don't clean them or whatever, and they smell. So again, um, I would think that would be it. Um, one thing I would suggest uh, that you didn't do, changing the name from the IW Club to The View, I would suggest that maybe you send out a little survey to the residents to see what they would think. Uh, and I'm sure they, most of them will all agree with Patrick and myself. Um, it's very important that the residents know what's going on. And uh, I, I don't know if plastic bags 
I, I don't know. I, driving over here, I couldn't find one on the floor on the ground. I didn't see any fences. I mean, this is a pretty little city, and it's really clean, and it's a small city. And I just don't think CVAG should be punishing us for something other people do. And if the, if the people who are doing all the, um, what do you call it, up, they put all the garbage up and they throw the stuff in. Maybe they should do a better job so that things don't get blown around. But anyway, I am uh, against this. I didn't. I don't know. It's, it's on your your list. I didn't know we were going to speak today too. But I'm glad we did. And thank you very much. Thank you, Gail. I think we have another one coming. Andy. Andy Ilchuk, I didn't want you to be alone, Gail. I didn't want you to think you were the only one. You gotta love government. They come up and think of all sorts of things that we need to do. And this is a top priority, a plastic bag. And then we have the CV link, and Mary, I can't be as eloquent as you were, but you covered that very well. Uh, and we got a Salton Sea, that's about to choke us, and we're worrying about a plastic bag. <laughs> As a resident and a voter, thumbs down the government, whoever came up with this. He's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andy. All right, now we'll bring it back to council. There will be no more public comments for council comments. Okay, next. Oh, Mary, go ahead. Give her, give her choice. Mary, go ahead. Mary? Um, I, of course, um, as mayor last year, sat on the executive committee, so, um, and, I, and I did um, fill in a couple times for E&E, &E, uh, Energy and Environment, so uh, I have seen uh, what's happening at CVAG, and from the very first, Palm Desert came up with this um, ordinance and requested that CVAG develop a model ordinance uh, and it was it passed aside from one or two of us who were representing our cities um, and it's hard because you go and represent your city but you don't have authorization from your council yet on your city's position. At any rate let me tell you this the Board of Supervisors are against this uh, and at every meeting I was at, the Board of Supervisors who were there were opposed to it because they feel it's a state issue, that it should not be something that, that is spotted throughout. My issues, uh, as were some of the other, uh, number one is that uh, for the City of Indian Wells, uh, we're a tourism industry. And you just saw Nancy's beautiful um, video and we have all these tourists come in who aren't going to know that when they go to the grocery store, uh, they need to take their own bags. And I can tell you our city manager, when we first started talking about this, told us a story about his father-in-law coming to a Tascadero uh, and going to the store and walking home with, with things in his hands because they had outlawed plastic bags there and saying, what is wrong with the, the, I go to the store to buy something and I can't have a bag to put my, put my uh, 
my things in. So here they have uh, suggested that we pay 10 cents uh, for a paper bag. I also brought up exactly what uh, Gail brought up. Uh, we were trying to save our forests when we went to plastic bags. Quit using, quit cutting our trees, which is our environment, which is the air we breathe, uh, to use for paper bags. And so we came up with, uh, with the plastic bags. Uh, the Desert Sun did a beautiful, beautiful article last week on the health concerns of those, re, uh, of the, um, cloth bags that you use over and over again. And, uh, further, uh, I think it's a tremendous, uh, there's a tremendous health concern with using those because while, uh, and Katie Barrows, who did leave, uh, got up and said yes, however, uh, People can wash them. They put them in, you know, you just put them in the washing machine every week. Well, how many of us are going to do that? Mine are all stuck in my trunk, and they never come out of my trunk just in case I need to carry something. At any rate, I believe that. Um, the other thing is, is the grocer, the grocers did get up and say that plastic now, they are now making biodegradable plastic bags. So to me, that's the answer. That will happen, that the bags will become biodegradable, and this is, this is nonsense. So uh, I am absolutely against it, and I spoke up uh, every time it came up uh, of all my concerns about it. Uh, but I will tell you there is great pressure from the other cities. And at E&E last week, uh, Desert Hot Springs, Russell Bretts, uh, really said, you know, we've really got to get behind this, the whole valley, uh, because in Desert Hot Springs, they don't have a lot of stores it's going to affect, but their people will go elsewhere. And so, um, and I know Palm Desert and Palm Springs are both uh, supporting it. The, the one key of this ordinance is that uh, it is an ordinance that cities can adopt if they choose, but other cities uh, don't have to. And I am... Uh, I am blown away by the, by the amount of CVAG time that has been spent developing this ordinance uh, when they're, I mean, they're making work is what, what they're trying to do. Uh, they have staff. Uh, Wade, would you like to have another staff person that when somebody comes with an idea, you can uh, give them two weeks of work to develop something? I mean, we, we don't have the staff time, but they do. At any rate, um, I... Uh, applaud everyone so far who has spoken uh, against it. I, I just don't think it's right for our city. I'm going to dovetail into <clears throat> Mary's and Gail's and Andy's comments. I, I have a couple things. One is I'm known as the newspaper man who walks down the street every day from the Maramonte to Don Diego's and back every morning. There are no trash bags. You're all right. There are no plastic bags all over the place, number one. Number two, my biggest concern is I'm concerned about CVAG and where CVAG's priorities are. This is, this is so far, what Andy said is, this is so far from a priority. CVAG should spend all of their time on the Salton Sea and stop messing around with things like plastic bags. The ironic thing about this is they're going to make grocery stores not have plastic bags, but restaurants can. Yeah. And 90% of the restaurants in this marketplace use plastic bags. 
And, and so you've got to wonder where the logic is in, in, in this. And the next thing that will happen is they'll want us to get rid of salt in restaurants. They're going to want us to go back to the small drink versus the big drink. This is crazy stuff. What Patrick said is absolutely right. This CVAG should take a good look in the mirror and, and, and reset their priorities on what they're doing. And I'm going to speak for my dog and the other 3,500 dogs in Indian Wells. What are you going to do with your poop if you don't have plastic bags? So I, I rest on that. I just find this such a waste of time and effort. And to even, for us to even have to discuss this is beyond me. And whoever's on the executive committee of CVAG, which I believe you are, really should go back to them and, and give them a lecture on priorities and get refocused on things that are very important to this valley. And, and, and get off this stuff. Thank you. Good job. Me, <laughs> I'll bring up the rear. A <laughs> couple, couple of things here. Like Number thing. one, uh, uh, because of my acquiescence as the alternate to the executive committee, you will also be on there as the alternate uh, executive committee member. But uh, now let me, let me try to personalize this for you, if I can, because we, we were living in France uh, when France... Uh, created this law of eliminating this type of plastic bag. And what it did was it created a new industry in France. They first outlawed this type of plastic bag. Uh, and then uh, what we found is that, it, and it was basically the same principle, uh, let's get rid of these plastic bags for, the, for all the same reasons. And then uh, we started seeing uh, people started had to take their own bags. Uh, and then what we started seeing is that plastic bags started reappearing in all the grocery stores. Uh, but they were a different, allegedly, a different type of plastic bag, which is bio biodegradable bag, but you had to pay, uh, I think it was five cents over there, or five euros. Uh, no, not five years, five cents, some price, small price that you had to pay for every one of these plastic bags. When I see this, I, I see uh, the, 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 the plastic bag industry and the grocery stores colluding to create a new revenue stream for the plastic bag industry and the grocery stores. I mean, uh, my wife shops at Trader Joe's quite a bit, and they give her, always give her paper bags. Mm -hmm. And it's at, at the cost of the grocer. I mean, if you're going to eliminate plastic bags, and, 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 and why then charge everybody 10 cents for a paper bag that are getting free now? Uh, but, uh, or, or if you want to get rid of this type of plastic bag, uh, just outlaw the plastic bag, it's that type of plastic bag, and so you, you have to have a, a biodegradable plastic bag, but then have the grocer or anyone else to give away those biodegradable plastic bags instead of create an expense for uh, our populace and create uh, a, you know, a, a revenue stream that is not necessary today. So obviously, based on my comments there, I fully support what my colleagues here have said today. I just don't think it's necessary. Bigger concern, when you, when you think in terms of CVAG, you know, as, as, as CVAG uh, begins to promote these things, you need to think about 
are they attempting to become a regional government for you? Exactly. And that, that's one of the, the concerns. When CVAG was originally, as I understand it, conceived, it basically was for the distribution of funds for, for the highways, uh, transportation. And then it went to conservancy. And then it went... It, it, air quality. It, air quality. And it began to gain more and more and more. And now we are into regulating plastic bags for all the cities in the Coachella Valley. I've Thank you. I will not belabor this point because I am in full agreement with everything that's been said. I, I do want to stress, though, that there was a piece in the paper this morning, if anybody looked at it, saw Folsom Lake at about 18% of normal. California is experiencing a drought. And while it may not directly affect us in Southern California, one of the things that has been brought up with these bags, that if people are going to really take care of the, the canvas, the, the reusable bag, they are going to have to wash it. That's going to put uh, a greater use on our water resources. Uh, it's going to add bleach into the, the runoff on the system and so forth because you can't get rid of the E. coli and all the other bacteria without using bleach. So mm -hmm. I just think that, that this is not good, and I think that CVAG should, as my colleagues have said, uh, refocus their, their efforts and their energy on things that are of a greater regional value uh, to the Coachella Valley. And therefore, um, I, I think I'm sensing the direction, but the direction that I'm getting from my colleagues is that I would take a position representing the city of Indian Wells that we uh, have no intention of passing an ordinance at such at this time, and we would encourage uh, the other cities uh, to really do some soul searching and CVAG to realign its priorities and put the Salton Sea kind of where it belongs uh, at the top of the list. Is it what I'm hearing? Yep. So you hear him, Dave. So yes. to be number one. Do, do, we need, <laughs> do, do, we have, <laughs> do we have to have a motion to this? It, it, it's up to you, Mayor. If you feel you have enough direction, I think that's sufficient. If, if you feel more comfortable, with a motion being on the record to convey to others, feel free. We just saved this tape, Anna, and that's that's record enough. Thank you. So thank you again, and, and I will represent you to that effect. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now we'll convene as the successor agency, and item 8A, adopt a resolution approving the issuance of refunding bonds. Kevin. Honorable Chairman, members of the agency board, I'm so excited about the refinancing. I wish I had a video to show you, but I don't. Um, what we're looking at today is we're continuing with the refunding. We met first in September to get permission to move forward. And today we're uh, moving forward to uh, produce a number of bond documents for your approval. Uh, the main and almost only purpose of this refunding, of course, is to save taxpayer dollars. And if you look at the, our current calculations under the cash flow savings, it appears that we'll be able to save the taxpayers $1,855,668. Yeah, $68. What we're going to do is we're going to move to these bond, uh, have these bond documents approved by you today. That's what we're asking for. We're going to come back to you just one more time in the middle of February to approve the final uh, version of the preliminary official statement, and then we'll begin to issue the bonds. I'm available for any questions. We, have, we do have a member from the bond team in the audience today who's available to answer any questions you have, and we ask you to move forward. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Comments or questions from questions? Council? Questions? I, I, I do. Kevin, uh, 
while I fully support this effort, you need to be commendable for having the tenacity to follow through and work with the county in order to accomplish this. And uh, so, so do we extend, are we extending the, the date, the repayment date of all these bonds? Uh, and no, no, uh, uh, we're not. Uh, the, uh, part of AB uh, 26 and its sister bill, uh, AB 1484, the refunding um, must be in the same time frame as the original bonds that are being refunded. So basically, the only thing we're doing is paying off the existing bondholders, uh, reissuing new bonds at a lower interest rate which will save us the $1.8 million over the life of the bond. That's correct. It's that simple. That's all we're doing. Thank you. Any other questions? No. Okay. Patrick. Kevin, uh, out of curiosity, uh, the people that are here in the audience for this issue, are, are they the gentlemen that are sitting over here? Uh, Mike Williams with uh, DeCrinis and Company, our fiscal advisor, is here. Yeah, my, you know, I'd like to make a suggestion. We had no way of knowing it, but a suggestion to council: when we see somebody in attendance, and they're all, you know, they're put down at the very end, that we give them the consideration of moving them forward. So I'm sure both of them are going to go home tonight and tell how exciting it is in Indian Wells. Buy your groceries there because you can get. Plastic bags, but as a courtesy, something to think of. That's, you know, that's a, that's a great suggestion, and I, uh, we, we've actually done that in the past. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what I would like to ask is, is the city manager in the future, when we have agenda items that we know that there are going to be people in the audience, um, external of our organization, that are here representing, as in this case, the bond council or bond people, whatever. Uh, if we, that's made known to us in advance or me in advance, maybe we can move those agenda items around at the beginning of a meeting with the consent of council. So that's for the future. So anyway, we've got this before us now and we have to entertain a motion. Move uh, staff's recommendation. Second. Moved and seconded. Roll call vote, please. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> council member Roach. Yes. Council member Hansen. Yes. Council member Mullaney. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Peabody? Yes. Mayor Mertens? Yes. So the motion carries 5-0 with no abstentions. Thank you. Thank you for the brief report, Mr. McCarthy. Uh, City Manager, report and comments from staff. Uh, two items that we want to bring to you. Uh, one is just uh, both are actually information items you may have been questioned and we have been. We are on the, in the final throes of working through the Highway 111 project with Granite Construction and uh, should have uh, their piece of the project done um, in the next uh, couple of weeks. They're, they're working on, their, on the punch list items. Uh, the landscaping along the commercial frontage of 111 and at the northeast corner of Cook Street and Highway 111 will be done um, through the Public Works Department. We're gonna, going to um, clean that area up, grade it, reseed it, and get that uh, area green, and we'll start that uh, within the next uh, 10 days. And the uh, second item is about the pavilion and patio party with um, Nancy. 
just a quick update to make sure everyone understands uh, the pavilion patio party, making sure that all the residents that are attending, currently we're at about 625. Um, we did sell uh, more than 300 tickets in the first, or uh, we don't give a ticket, but t uh, 300 spots in the first two hours that the forum went live, so obviously everyone was paying attention. Just quickly, um, they're going to have valet parking. Um, they will then check in outside, so we'll not have the same issues with the door. We'll have the same dinner over at the um, pat at, at our normal patio, so the guests can arrive, enjoy dinner, and then we'll have carts running all along every minute. They can go over any time where they can go enjoy the pavilion for cocktails, dancing, dessert, and coffee. So um, we obviously, the, the pavilion probably holds about 250 seated um, when you're putting a dance floor down. So we would have had to limit this event, and we made a choice um, as we knew the popularity of the event was we were getting the phone calls. We knew we were going to hit 300 real fast. So we then expanded the event to do the whole thing so everybody can enjoy the whole ambiance of everything. They can stay over at the pavilion. They can stay over at the patio party if they're, if they're not interested in dancing. Any questions? Patrick? I have a real off-the-wall question. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, re, uh, there's a big operation coming into town, uh, O'Reilly and his buddy Miller. And I heard that most of that's going to be done, say? Are they? Yes. Go yeah. ahead. Most of it's going to be done at, at the Renaissance, but they've picked a second site nearby. Do you have any knowledge of that? I do not, sir. I was no. wondering if the, the who, who's yes. I listened to that and I, I, I didn't hear them announce that last night on TV. What? Well, this city. It's basically sponsored at a Sacred Heart Church. It's a oh, Sacred Heart fundraiser. Oh, it's a Sacred okay. Heart fundraiser. Okay. And yeah. both it's like President Bush in. or... Yeah. They have their big fundraiser at Renaissance. And what's interesting, Mary, yeah. is I'm, I'm convinced, because I was waiting to hear it too on, on the air, yeah. but I'm convinced the reason why they're not putting it on the air is because they don't need it. Well, no, it's not it's public. public. Yeah. It's Sacred a, Heart. It's a private fundraiser. It's a private, if it's Sacred Heart, President Bush, uh, they mm -hmm. they brought in some heavy-duty people, but it's totally private. And and I will comment that it is also totally sold out. I wouldn't doubt, but it's always totally sold out as well. Yes. And we have uh, one last item. Before you go, Nancy. You said you're going to sign them in outside. What does that mean? It's You know how the line usually goes yeah. out the door? It, yeah. Remember when we did the opening? We checked them in right outside the door so that the line won't be going out. Then they'll go right in. I, I don't remember it being out. So they're still going to be lining up outside. Right, but last time it was sort of a safety issue because they went this way, and this time they're going to go this way. So they'll be more comfortable when, when they're checking in. And they won't be through the door. So when they get through the door, they'll already be checked in and be able to enjoy. Is there a way we can make that process any faster? Do we need more check-in? We're having three che three check-in ladies um, as quick as possible. And so you get into one of three lines? or um, It'll be one line that will go into three different ladies to check person. in. Yes, the next person. Okay. So we're actually having stanchions this time, so there's no confusion. The stanchions will will help create the line. Uh, okay, and you said dinner. 
There, well, there's appetizers, well, dinner. It, it will be, it's going to be a nice, nice menu. Should, should we be very careful about saying dinner as opposed to heavy appetizers? It's heavy appetizers. It's the Thank same, you. it's very traditional. We've got the sliders. I'm sorry, I, I should have said appetizers. Yeah. Uh, it's a buffet appetizer uh, menu. We'll have them in the same both lo same locations. Yeah, I think you need to be careful on that because it's not dinner. And people <laughs> yeah. tend to think it's a sit-down dinner. Um, and it, right. It's it's a mix and mingle with right. with Thank buffet you. appetizers. It's an expanded patio party. And dan and we have dancing, nice dance floor, so they'll be able to enjoy the pavilion. I, if I may, uh, Nancy Mayor. Uh, I mean, we all got the email from Mr. Booth, I assume, uh, <laughs> and I'm surprised that he's not here today uh, because he had indicated that he had purchased his ticket, and at the time he purchased his ticket, he thought he was going to come in and have a sit-down dinner because that's the way the city had billed it originally for his $10 ticket fee. Uh, but, 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 but I echo... Uh, Ms. Roach's concerns. I mean, you're going to have 600 people in yeah. coming at one time, one time, and trying to handle those 600 people. God bless you. I hope you we can do it. We had 600 people at the patio party in the fall, and we didn't have the pavilion. So I think we'll be doing. Yeah, but the, I know the checking them in and and, and getting through tough. the process. Number one, but and and I think given that, I mean, security is a concern. You've charged, you're charging these people $10 a piece, which is a whole another story. You know how I feel about that. Uh, didn't you and prove we don't, to be wrong, though, with 600 and some odd people paying? Hey, listen, $6,000 to the city. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, they're willing well, to pay the 10 bucks to come. I mean, you can't argue with that. Yeah. There's no question about it. Uh, it's 6000 more to the in the coffers of the city. But the other concern is what about the people who show up who didn't pay and say, or di don't even come and check in. They just, they go around the back door of the, I mean. We have people stationed. We have the committee and um, people at the golf resort stationed already because we do have awareness of that. Plus I have a very keen eye, so do I do. Do they, are you going to give them, <laughs> well, here was the thing that I was thinking about. Are you giving them wristbands or something to identify that they are the ones that have paid and the ones who have not paid? I mean, is there... If we gave them wristband, that would only slow down the process even even further, getting them through the door. Except um, that, but you know, we that's certainly not a bad can. Idea. We do it at at Polo. You have to wear a wristband. And and if they have to come and pay their ten dollars, you can give them the wristband when they pay. Well, we're not anticipating a big amount of people that would come that would not that would be paying at the door, because the. The payment actually, we had to give right. them their number today, well, so the payment closes today. So we'll we'll expect a few. Go through. I'm, I'm just right. We can't do anything this time, but but you know, I I did spend an awful lot of time last uh, at that patio party in the line because people were lined up and outside, and I spent time talking to them. And the biggest complaint was. Uh, this process of checking in, you've got to change. And some right. people were very upset about it. So. Right. And, and we'd love to give a ticket out, but the problem is then we have no control if they give it to their neighbors or their friends in Palm Desert or their children. Do you need another so. volunteer to help check in? I'd be happy to. I mean, this... We can, add, we, we can add committee members if you think more, like four or five people. We can absolutely we add... 
they're always they're always willing to help and I can sit down and help as well so we can we can we can up it we've got three fast ladies that work here but we can try five or six and see if that works faster that's not a problem at all okay Nancy what about the idea of just letting them all come on in I mean if, if somebody lives in Indian Wells and is that cheap uh, you know in a way they deserve to make jackasses out of themselves <laughs> so just let them come on in and and your no-shows are, are going to far outweigh the, those that show and didn't pay if the council would would desire we can absolutely open the doors just have them show us our card not check them against the list and let them all in but i have no control if he Mr. Said, he says, I think what you said is forget the showing the card or anything. Yeah. Open let them walk let everybody in. Come well, in. I still will have to hold them back because the event starts at 6 and they will so show up at 5 o'clock just to get their table and to secure it for all their friends. So I will. there will still be a line because I half of them will show up by 5.30. Yeah. And, and let, me, let me caution you about designing the event from <laughs> yeah. the dais uh, as we sit here. We do have over 600 people to pay, uh, have paid. Yeah. So if you just change the plans and you open the door, that you've created yet another unfairness. So it seems like we'll, we'll try to do our very best getting people through the line we'll we'll take a very close look at that and please come and have a great yeah, time with we, the event. we will not design your event from the dais although i will i think you know the points that have been made we will absolutely do security, that security i think that the you know the safety of the people that was the issue last time i think that you you're addressing that right we moved that mm -hmm. extensions and, and, and right have some, more than mrs roach and myself outside mollifying those that are not too happy and so forth. Have some, some committee members out there. Get the lines organized and just do what you're going to do. Okay. I would like that. to address Mr. McKinney's previous discussion, if we're done with Nancy. I wrote in my memo to you today, I wrote to you about 111 and Cook. I wrote to you on it on the basis of two things. One is, well, three things. One is the brown lawn along... Indian well around along 111, which is embarrassing, and we don't need to wait for the granite to fertilize that lawn because granite's not taking care of that lawn now. And that that should be done very. It's very unattractive. It's not Indian well. Number two, the landscaping. It, it's now been uh, almost three months since we finished the project, and I understand the problems you have with granite, but. I'm getting it every morning, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. This looks atrocious. And they sit there and they point it to me, and I've only heard it 100 times every morning. The other thing that bothers me is you have not addressed the left-hand turn coming from here to Cook. You told me that we're going to change the light back and forth. Now, I don't know how long it takes to do that, but we got a real serious problem at Cook and 111 because... We made the turn too short, and we've got the turn before the cars go through. So right now, we have two lanes with no cars in it, and two lanes with a lot of cars. And you get 10 cars, you block the left-hand turn to cook. So I would strongly recommend that if you think the experiment, and I think you might be right, to put the light at the end like it is coming the other way, 
We should do that now. We shouldn't wait for granite. We shouldn't wait for anything more because it is a mess. And we may end up having coming to the conclusion this summer that we've got to take part of that median out so that it, is, it does work. But it isn't working now, and I really recommend you, you go on that. And my last thing is, L is, is fairway. And I talked to Warren and I had a conversation the other day, and there was there's some discussion, and Warren I noticed didn't bring it up today at this meeting, but there's some discussion that, that uh, CVWD would like us to contribute to fixing a mess that they created. And I think if they think they got any chance of coming in front of this council, I would be shocked that this council would split the cost of doing the road correctly. And they just did a bad job. And when we get to the summer, that thing is going to just start spreading. And we're going to have bigger problems. And so you didn't address it today, but I'm just bringing it up because my, my memo to you, so everybody can hear what it is, I am very concerned about, about El Dorado. I, th I mean about Fairway. I think what they've done is an embarrassment. We've never had a street like this in the city. And it is embarrassment. If you haven't been there, you need to go there and see it. So those were the things that I'd like to see you address sooner than later. Well, I hadn't seen your comments, um, oh, you so I, I don't, don't have prepared, but I do uh, know the update on each of those. As I just indicated, the improvements, the greening of the lawn in front of the village is a city issue that we are getting the contractor out there right now to do the scalping and overseed. The, the um, turf that was put in did not have the rye in it. It was in the terms of the timing. The corner uh, we also will be working on within the 10 days. We'll be um, uh, grading it, scalping it, overseeding the corner there to get everything green. Uh, the left-hand turn lane, we do have the traffic engineer. We have to go through the process. So the traffic engineer is producing his little report on what what we can, the signal modification and how you do the timing and what all those things happen. That's in process. I think Ken's already met with him at least once. And on Fairway Drive, we're not, they're not asking us to assist in the repair to the trench work they did. In fact, we rejected the pavement of the trench. And so their solution to the trench is a micro grind and a seal coat uh, over that, which we think uh, probably will work and may be a uh, solution for other roads uh, as, uh, as, as our roads age in terms of uh, instead of the high cost of an overlay, we might be able to extend lives of roads if it really works. And so what we have talked with uh, the contractor and CVWD, instead of them doing the micro grind of the trench and a um, uh, slurry of the just middle section of the road where the trench is, that we would pay the additional cost for that, that um, uh, process to be completed on both sides of the trench so that we did from gutter all the way to, to center line so that we could watch that street. Then you have a street uh, fairway. On one side, it has not been touched with the grinding or this new slurry. One side it will be. We'll be able to watch in that line sort of our own pavement experiment, if you will, if that's a good process that works here in Indian Wells that we could use on other uh, processes, on other streets. So it's not a lot of money for us to 
do the whole width of that lane and get an opportunity to see if that works for us in other locations and potentially stretch out our paving dollars. So we're not going to fix their trench. We're not going to participate in their trench, but we are expanding from the work they are doing to see if that's a potential long-term option for us. Okay. Move on to city council members' reports and comments. Council member Roach. Yes, thank you. Um, it's been a busy month. I've uh, met with almost all of my committees. Uh, Coachella Valley Mountain Conservancy uh, had a special meeting on Monday, and they uh, had a tour bus, and uh, we met at 9.30 at CVAG and went to all of the properties and got all the information on uh, what the uh, Conservancy does uh, and what the properties are. So that was an interesting day. Uh, Cove communi uh, Communities, uh, we met yesterday, and one thing stuck out. Uh, of course, we got a report from Jocelyn Senior Center, a report from the Fire Department, a report from the Police Department. But one of the things that the Fire Department pointed out uh, was the total number of, um, of medical calls they have a year, uh, and they broke it down to uh, 22 calls a day, and that's Palm Desert. Rancher Mirage and Indian Wells. I thought that was amazing. 22 calls a day. That just stuck out at me and I thought I'd pass it along. Uh, animal Campus. Uh, we had the Animal Campus. A uh, couple things you, um, that I want to report. Um, in the two years that the rescue program has been in, um, in existence out here, they've rescued 4,500 dogs, which is absolutely amazing to me. 4,500 that they've rescued and, and relocated. Um, on January 22nd and 24th in Indio, there is a spay and neuter um, uh, day uh, that is for the whole valley. Uh, so anyone who needs to spay or neuter can go that day. And you can also get your uh, dog license that day. And then um, the Conservation Commission um, and Energy Commission were both this week, and uh, we did talk about the plastic bags again. Uh, I can't believe it. Uh, it's, it's part of the deal. Um, one further thing. It's not a committee, but um, 2014 is an election year. And... Um, I've already had people ask if I am going to run for re-election. And I just want to formally let you know that um, I've had 12 great years serving this council, but it is time to move on. I am not running for re-election, and I think uh, that just needs to be opened up and be out there that uh, I am not running. And thank uh, the city for all the years that I've been around. and. Had a wonderful uh, time most of the time. Those I haven't had that haven't been wonderful, I'm not going to talk about. So <laughs> at any rate, I uh, just wanted to make that clear. Uh, thank you. That's all I have. Thank you, Mary. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, a clap that you're not running. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think it was the other. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm already getting people bending my arm to run again, and I say, uh-uh, I'm done, so it's time. Mr. Hanson. Thank you very much. A um, couple uh, of things. Number one, really really not a lot. Uh, I mean, uh, the only really um, committee meeting that we've had was with RCTC, and 
and and there there was really nothing going on that that impacted uh, uh, City of Indian Wells. But I, but what I would like to report to you that that I have been appointed as the alternate to Losan, uh, uh, which is is the Los Angeles San Diego San Luis Obispo uh, Rail Corridor uh, Commission, uh, and. The reason that, that I was willing to accept that uh, assignment as the alternate, uh, Greg Pettis is the uh, member, is the interest in bringing rail uh, to the Coachella Valley. And uh, I, I, I hope everyone knows that I am an advocate for bringing rail to the Coachella Valley. I think we need it for our uh, tourist industry. Uh, I think it'll be a plus, and to the extent that that I can add uh, to that and advocate for bringing rail to the Coachella Valley, I'll do so. Secondly, uh, I was uh, elected as the uh, alternate to LAFCO. Mm. Uh, and so I will be serving as the alternate to LAFCO. Terry Henderson is is the uh, member, our, our LAFCO representative, and I'll, I will be her alternate. So that's the news of the day. Thank you. Mr. Mullaney. Okay, very, very busy week for me and month. Uh, Mary already reported on the Cove Communities Services Commission. Um, uh, the uh, Public Safety Committee has not really met, and uh, I think our meeting this month is uh, canceled. Uh, yeah, I'm getting nods of the head. Uh, the Indian Wells Tea Committee, very active committee. It went dark <laughs> over the uh, holidays. And other than that, the CNN Mary made an announcement. I, I sat next to Bob Spiegel yesterday, and Bob said to me, uh, how many years have you been in office? I said, eight. And he said, are you going to run again? So I said, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. It was a lie. But... Uh, <laughs> uh, he told me how many years he's served, and Jean Benson, how many years she served? They're both like 26, 28, 30 and man, years. Man, if that ain't a motivator to move. But I'm going to publicly say I've not made up my mind, only because I don't want to be mistreated for the rest of this year. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Mr. Peabody. Just very quickly. Uh, grants and aids, uh, Nancy and her group are in the process of changing and coming back to the council, I hopefully in March, I believe, to make recommendations to change this, to tighten it up, to make it more efficient and, and even more fair in some instances where people who were deserving of funds didn't get them because they didn't fill the form out correctly, whatever. So I think. What they're going to do, and that's, as, I, as I've said before, it's, a, it's an incredible group with so much knowledge about grants and aids. And uh, so th they'll be back with that. And we're going to ask for some other changes during strategic planning session. Um, the other thing is SeaVag uh, Homeless. Uh, I have some very serious concerns about some of the things in CVAC homeless. I don't have any concerns about the quality of and the qualification of some of the people, but I believe CVAC homeless is way, way, way slanted towards Roy's. And I think it needs to be reviewed by this city 
because I talked to two or three other cities there, and, and, and they've got as much more money into other homeless shelters. And I think we need to review the whole homeless process of this city and allocate the money in a different way. So one of the things we want to talk about is strategic planning is how we approach it and, and, and what is the direction that the council and the city wants to do regarding grants and aids and should everybody be in the same bucket and things like that. That's it. That would be an item for him now. Yes. To, to put on the yeah. strategic plan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He wrote it down. So yeah, thank it. you, Mr. Peabody. Uh, the only thing I'll report is CVAG Public Safety Committee continues to deal with the realignment issue, which is, as many people know, the state decided that a lot of state prisoners should be serving their time and come under the supervision of the county, puts additional um, expectation on the county and their local law enforcement resources. Mm -hmm. So they continue to deal with that. And the rest of my committees, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, uh, Indian Wells Crossing, and Tennis Stadium <coughs> ad hoc all meet later this month. So the end of my report. Mr. City Attorney. Thank you, Mayor and Council Members. I recommend that you recess this open session to a closed session of the successor agency and city council. That would be to discuss items 12 A and B and 13 A and B on the posted agenda. Two of the items pertain to the city's ID card policy and ticket policy. Thank you. Okay. And with that, then we will adjourn the closed session. <laughs>